to episode 311 of TechSync, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. Today's show is coming to you from Jason Roberts' new palace in the middle of Pasadena. This, this palace is, is, is almost a compound. It's, it's truly something to behold. I think that's a bit of an overstatement, <laughs> a bit of an embellishment. Well, it's well compared to nice. compared to the condo we lived in that we jammed our family in. I guess it might it feels palatial, but uh, it's it's merely a remodeled craftsman. So. It feels very very nice, very very good. Well done to you, sir. If I if we had beer, I would I would give you a cheers right now. I mean, I'll give you a cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we don't have any furniture yet, so it's uh, that, that. Maybe that's why it feels so big. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so... Well, so, I mean, let's... Wait, 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 wait. There's, there's no so... Justin, tell me about... Like, come on. Let's, we've got to hear all about the house and well, what do you, what do you, what do you, What do you want to know? Well, uh, when did you move in? Mm, I think it was two... It was weekend before last. Okay. Yeah, so... Yeah, although we're still moving out of the condo, so it's sort of a process. Wait, so you've got... You still own the other, other place? Yeah. You've got, you yeah. got two houses. Yeah, well, oh, we're gonna wow. sell. We're gonna sell them. We have to. You have to move everything out, and you gotta paint it, do all that kind of stuff. That's awesome. Whatnot, but uh, yeah, we moved in a couple weeks ago, so now it's just a matter of furniture, you know, arriving. And I mean, I don't. I think we finally get our bed frames like Tuesday. Okay. We still don't have any dining room chairs. What are you sleeping on? Oh, right, well, just the mattress, right? The mattress. Yeah, mattress on the floor. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, but it was. 18 and a half years in that condo, which was like a two bedroom apartment with a loft that was converted into a condo. Um, and uh, that was that was cramped living with the family of five. So you paid sure. your dues. You were owed. We, we do. Sandy definitely feels like she deserves this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's been dying for a house for, you know, uh, many years. I mean, this I could I was fine there. Yeah, I was like this would you know that worked for me mm -hmm. but having having three kids a boy and two girls you're you know my son is already 13 going into high school i mean that's it's kind of a tough to sell to, to have them all in, in, and we had a, we had a, in one room or wasn't even a room it was just a lot well, you, like you had such a great office you loved your office yeah and i like the location you know we're so central to everything but um the the you know the Again, it's tough. It's it's tough when kids have to share, especially three kids, and especially when you have, you know, both genders, and especially when they're starting to hit middle school and high school. I think, you know, that's not ideal. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, there are many people around the world who have entire families in mm -hmm. one room, but yeah, I think, yeah. by Western standards, it's a bit of a, <laughs> it's a, it's not exactly what people are looking for, and definitely wasn't what Sandy was looking for. You know, and they picture like what their life is going to be like, what their adult life what their family life was going to be, you know. Well, we're talking, we're, yeah. It's we're not, about, it's not like, it's not like that, you know. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about like in your forties type of thing. Like I know that, you know, I remember when I was 18 living in one room on a mattress with no sheets was absolutely fine. Yeah. Like yeah. loved it. Loved yeah. it. Yeah. It's just a bit different after 40. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's all about expectations too, I guess. And I think like a lot of, I think a lot of women in particular when they are imagining their family life it's like you have space to entertain you have an actual dining room you actually have maybe a backyard maybe you can have a garden you know all these kinds of things that mm -hmm. maybe guy you know nerdy guys like us don't really think or care much about 
like you know sandy sandy would say to me she's just like you know you we don't even have a dining room we eat on our bed for every meal and i'm like yeah she's like yeah you you eat like caesar and i'm like yeah you say that like it's a bad thing you know i mean you're it's like, like what's the problem i mean it feels, what's the problem? feels great she's like no it's not great it's not not cool so um well it's good that you can have yeah. those honest dialogues yeah yeah i mean i i mean obviously i i knew uh i mean i knew i owed it to her and it's it, and you know i was able to get a little bit of liquidity from uber so that allowed us to buy it i mean there's no way in hell you're gonna buy a house a legitimate house for a family of five in like central pasadena where you know pasadena proper without you know a, a windfall of some kind there's <laughs> just no way without some uber something i mean I, I, either either that or like a lot of people who have houses here either bought it in the 80s you know and they're older yeah. Yeah. or you know their parents bought it and they're now living there we're raising their families i mean it's just like you know you know it's going look at these houses and i'm like who, who can afford to live here i mean unless i mean like, i mean unless do you run a hedge fund are you like a senior partner to law firm in your 50s and say i mean what do you you know, it's like, how, how could people possibly afford some of these homes? And these aren't like, like, if you look at these homes, is, is the kind of home they'd show like on a, on a um, sitcom or something like, oh, here's our middle class home. Mm-hmm. It's not like you go and go, wow, that's a McMansion. You'd be well, like, you'd be like, oh, that's like. But it's, it's just about location, isn't it? I mean, if you take is. this same home and put it in Cincinnati, out, like, Ohio, cost $300,000. Right, exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's the thing when you watch these like HGTV things and these house hunters and people are like our budget's one hundred eighty thousand. You're I like, know. what? Yeah, one hundred eighty. Well, that's it's, once again, it's just a function of where you choose to where you yeah. choose to be. You that's know? true. That's true. I mean, you're right. We there's nobody forcing us to live in Pasadena. In fact, we could absolutely get up and go and move to you know Minneapolis or Orlando or some place where it's like this. You know, the, the cost of living is a tenth. Milwaukee. You know who lives just down the road from you oh. in Pasadena around this area? Who? Grimes. Really? Yeah. Really? Elon Musk's girlfriend, girlfriend? Grimes? lives just down the road yeah, from you. Yeah, you were making a big deal about yeah. that in the last show, Grimes. Yeah. How do you know that? Uh, well, I did a little bit of uh, looking into her and also listening to her music. And by the way, this, this leads on to a whole other thing for us to talk about, okay. which is that... Um, after I'd looked into Grimes, listened to Grimes and listened to her music and read a bit about her story, like it unlocked something in me and I now have the madness to make an album. Really? Yeah. It's oh, that's crazy. Great. And it's like, because I would not look or think about music since 2000. Well, I was asking you about that back in the earlier days of the show when we were kind of, it came up once or twice. I'm like, why don't you, you know, do you have issues? And you're like, nope, nope, don't care like, about it. That's, that, that's passed. It, I'm not interested. I, I think that it's it's a culmination of factors, but I think the main factor from her is the existence proof of someone building music 100% on their PC of multi different genres. I think that's basically what it is, like, and making really great music like that. So, you know, I've I've felt some stress or pressure about you know, oh, you have to have a band, you know, or you can't, you, you know, I, I can't make use of my like electronic smarts or something. I felt some kind of purist aspect about being a musician. So that's one. So you put these artificial constraints yeah, that maybe you not want to do it because all these expectations, you take the expectations and constraints away and you just do something fun 
but something yeah and do something for yourself that's one aspect but the other aspect is i think it's just the because i had this big um i guess for want of a better word depression about it like about not making it as a musician and feeling responsible for my other bandmates and feeling like oh you know we didn't make it it was my fault because i was the songwriter i was the frontman mm-hmm. and so i've had this like this, a little scar tissue it took a while yeah, before you could cycle scar tissue cycle back way. to it I mean, yeah. I've noticed that. Scar tissue, yeah, it's a great, great way of saying it. I continually return to things that excited me at one point, and I'll come back to it. And sometimes it's every five years, sometimes every 10 or maybe even 20 years. Like, I haven't thought about it in a while, but they never go away. These interests that you had when you were 10 or 13 or 20, and then you did it for a while, and then you, and then you don't do it or you lost interest in it for whatever reason. And then it's, it's, sometimes it's easy to reignite those things. You know, under the right context, you're like, you know what? Like that, that would be fun to do again. Well, I can tell you who wasn't too impressed with that plan. Oh, yeah, I'll bet. The <laughs> when wife I, when wasn't I said, a big... <laughs> when I said to I'm Georgie, gonna start a... I said, I'm so excited. I've, I've got the music back. I've got She's the music like, oh, in me. I want to do an album. Oh, God. And she was like, can we finish Nugget first? Yes. Can we do Nugget? And And anyway, by the way, looking into the numbers with albums like even if you even if you are pretty successful you make basically zero money yeah well that's, that's well i think i think doing something like that it's like you got to think about like this podcast you're just doing it's it just for, fun. for yourself yeah it's just yeah, for, yourself, just for yourself, yourself and not it's like things can be meaningful and serious and real and not be about money mm-hmm. you do not have to make it your profession yeah. You know, and I think people mistake that sometimes. They think, well, you know, if I if it, it isn't my primary source of income, then it's not it's not real somehow. It's just sort of but you know, the, the reality is is a lot of times when you do things and it becomes about the money, you guys people become professional athletes or become actors and and they're just grinding away trying to get roles and trying to make money. It's like they lose a lot of the love for it because they're so beaten down by the grind and the cynicism, and then it's just about money. It's just become a machine. All because at some level, all of these things where people, you know, like we're talking about, you know, like let's just say like entertainment and sports. To pick the, the, these are these examples because these are the kind of things that people fall in love with when they're growing up and think they want to do. Most people don't have the talent um, to even really seriously consider it, and the people who do. Um, they run into so much resistance. It's so hard to get even close to where you can make money. And then the people who do, um, they go, oh my God, it's just a machine and the machine doesn't care and it just grinds you up. And, you know, but if you're like, you know, I don't need the money. It's not about money. It's just about it's, fun. It's really funny create. you should say that because, you know, the first thing I started doing when I, when this kind of obsession... Running the numbers. Well, after running the numbers, I... Well, and along with running the numbers, I started thinking about, okay, what's, you know, what kind of songs, what kind of vibe? And I look back through my, you know, 50 to 100 different song ideas that I'd recorded. And what I noticed was that, you know, back in the, in the, two, in the 2000, like, there were certain song ideas that I was writing and creating, specifically thinking about the money, mm-hmm. specifically thinking about, okay, could, could this work for the band? Could this be, you know, hit? Does this have the relevant hook? Is this the right kind of music for us to make money and get a record deal. And there was, you know, maybe 10 or 15 tracks where it was nothing to do with that. It was just, oh, 
that I'm just kind of ripping off something. I'm having like, fun. Yeah. And what I've realized is, yeah, you know, although so those are the best, those are the ones that this album is going to be made of because they're the ones that I'm like, oh yeah, that's those are really cool. I really want to do that. And the rest of them, I was like, no, I don't. I they, they mean nothing. I don't care about them. Which is so interesting that you say that. I right? think when you chase the market, I think it's you. You usually miss it. I think because um, because you're not sort of the your your customer, right? Mm-hmm. You, so you don't really know what people want. You just kind of, well, I think they want this. So it's usually a superficial uh, characterization mm-hmm. of who of who your audience is. And you're like, oh, I'm going to make this or that. And then they realize they don't really care about that. I remember reading this years ago, probably 25 years ago, and I was reading this article. And it was an interview on a magazine with some breakout uh, fiction writer. And they said, well, what, you know, you'd written, you know, X number of books, you know, I think the guy had written maybe, you know, half a dozen books or something, and none of them either were published or got much traction or whatever. And then this one was, you know, made it was a big deal. And and they said, what was the difference? He's like, well, I, I finally just said, screw it. I'm just going to write something that I want to read. You know, and you hear that all the time. Steven Spielberg, you know, would say that, like, what, what, how do you, what makes you decide that this movie? He's like, I don't care. I just want to, you know, write. Well, I want to make a movie that I would want to watch. Mm. And. You know, but it's so hard for people to get away from. People get so influenced by trying to please other people or trying to make money or their agent or the managers or whoever say, oh, well, this is what's hot right now. And then you just go chase what's hot. But by the time you get there, it's gone. And you, it's also not true because you're just trying to mimic something that's already out there as opposed to something from it that comes from inside. You know, and a friend of mine who's, uh, this is one of my best friends growing up, he's a, uh, he sold some screenplays. He's directed a couple and you know, he makes a, decent living and you know one of his things is on netflix it's you know it's just a smaller movie and and but he's and i'm like dude like he's always making these sort of action kind of movies and i'm like those things are often unless they're really high high budget tend to be kind of b movies uh, and he's always like well you know he's always talking about the budget and we can shoot this in eastern europe and then we can do that and this and i'm just like why don't you make something that doesn't require a huge budget but is just awesome like ex machina for instance like just make a great story and he's just like well you don't understand and he starts going through the numbers and like this you know this or that reason it wasn't a success or or he's like well i actually had a lot of cgi or you know it's like what what is netflix interested in buying and i i honestly he's he's a talented writer but i swear to god i feel like he's i think what's keeping him from going to the next level and again this is coming from someone who's down in the industry Right. I'm just talking. Mm-hmm. I wish he would just say, just go write something that's cool. Don't don't worry about what the what the buyers are looking for. Don't look at what you can, you know, but shoot that, in Eastern Europe for X stuff. Like, I mean, I know this is proven. I mean, it's it's what you're saying is proven because like these guys, you know, that movie Get Out, you know, from Jordan Peele, mm-hmm. like that was something that is a really low budget movie, but this very, very successful clever because story, just, just right? really clever, just really interesting. You but, know, you know, I don't know. I I'm a big fan of just saying just don't worry about the money so much. Worry primarily about what you're what you are really excited about. I know passion is one of these things that's just so overused that just I hate even using that word. You just say something you're really excited about um, and uh, and just do that, you know, because as we always say, it's like if it, the money doesn't work out, you had fun doing it, you know. But anyway, but I think for you. I, I, I totally have the madness about it, but I, 
I cannot do it until I some kind of financial event happens, you know, because... Oh. Well, because I can't take time off now. I can't do it now because of... Well, okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can't do it now because of Nugget. I don't have the equipment. You know, I don't have the studio. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You know what I mean? I'm going to... I don't really know everything I want to do, but let me just call a little bit of bullshit on this to start. What? Okay. (laughs) Like, you know, okay. There is so much software, free and inexpensive software, you garage band, you know, for instance, that's enough to play around and create stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, but I don't, don't want to just. I don't want to just play. Like, so you're you're talking about doing what you really want to do. So what I really want to do is is create an album that sounds really good to my ears and sounds really big. And the kind of kit that I need for it, from a software point of view, from a hardware point of view, I don't need a lot. I mean, I can build it pretty cheaply. I can probably for ten grand, I can get myself set up. But I do need to. I can't just do it with free software or yeah, something this, like that. This. I'll bet you. You know, here's what I think. Okay, I, and I don't want to get a huge argument because obviously I don't know anything about. I mean, this. I've already got the song ideas. I just yeah. need the kit to prototype record it. them. Listen, listen to this. What did you learn about how <laughs> the software using mockups? Yeah. You don't write that. You just mock it up first. Do the equivalent. Like I'm going to use GarageBand or whatever its equivalent is. Whatever you want to use, you buy five hundred dollars worth of software or mics or whatever, and then just and then just use that. I'm going to create my equivalent of. Of, of mock-ups okay. and then, and then I'll, 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 I'll redo the thing. I'll re-record the thing after I got 10 songs. I'll really tell like. you why that doesn't work. Okay. Um, you know how like when we have a conversation mm-hmm. and it's a really interesting conversation, it's really great. Mm-hmm. And then we weren't recording. Mm-hmm. And then we say, okay, we had that really good conversation. Let's do that again, a recording so that we can give it to the, we can share that with the listeners. And then we have the conversation the second time around and it's just flat and it doesn't have the spark. It doesn't have the inspiration. That's exactly why, because it's it's during that with for me anyway, it's during that creation process. So I, I kind of need it to be the same way that I do hi-fi mockups, like because that's what I do now. I, I, I skip out wireframing. I actually design and mock up at the same time. OK, so I remember with 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 my buddy Mitchell, the guy I was talking about. with. Yeah. So we <laughs> we shot some stuff for fun on a high eight camera. Yeah, like in two days, and it was it was a clever it was a clever thing we did. We did some clever shots and some clever editing on a compression board with S video. I mean, this is nineteen ninety like seven, dude. I mean, this yeah. is like I think you've no, told me the story. Yeah, was this in the cave? Yeah, this is in the Bat Cave, yeah. right? And they those guys got got work off of that for years. Guys would literally make off that little two minute thing with like guys were getting, they would literally get jobs off that after as being on a demo reel. Okay. And I remember talking with Mitchell back, I had moved back to Chicago for a while and we were kind of like, wow, and that's when the first um, digital video started coming. The deep, remember the Sony like old DV recorders? Yeah. And these were still not very high. These were not high def or anything like that. But they were like, because yeah, we were at the time when we had this like high eight, we're like, man, you know, if we could shoot on beta or we could we could really do stuff. And then the discs come out and they're like, well, and then there was like the next thing. And there's always like, well, you and then it's like you, you need a high definition camera. Oh, well, you need like the the red, you know, you need like this 30,000. It's like no matter what happened, there was always you were so distracted by the fact that was there was a better technology, a better camera out there. And it was always an excuse not to go out and shoot something. It was always an excuse. And I was like, this is bullshit. It, it's less about the quality of the equipment. It's just about your um, ideas and your willingness to get your ass off the couch and go make something. 
So I think. But do you really think that applies to me? I mean, yes. I think I think the guy who's who's created and sold Plugio, the startup, the guy who's like built the man, the built myth, Nugget, the legend, like the guy, the guy who who goes out yeah. and gets shit done. You really think that yeah. I am just putting music off because of some some quirk? Like, yep. I think I think I think you're using it as an excuse. I mean, you're you're so just like my buddy Mitchell. I mean, look, I know both you guys. You're both good friends of mine. You're both talented, smart guys. <laughs> You're still like, you get so distracted by like, if I just had this like a little bit of money and I could get this equipment that I could do it for real. And it's just, if I can't have that equipment, then I'm just, I'm just, it's just not worth doing. That's bullshit. I think it's bullshit. I think you would have, like, it's all about having fun. I think you would have fun. I think you could create stuff that a non-expert audio engineer would even notice. And you'd be like, oh man, that's good. That's cool. I, I think do. I think you should have just here's what I would think about. If you took zero expectations off of it, you said, you know what? I'm just gonna spend the next six months just warming up. I'm just stretching out. I'm just stretching my music muscles. I'm with, just gonna with play what time? around. With what See, time? I think that's the issue. I think <laughs> I think the issue is, and not to be, I know I'm feeling like they're playing the um I mean, the armchair I've got, psychologist. I've got a day here. job, modern teacher. <laughs> I've got a kid who I look, you know, watch for like, you know, 40 to 50% of the time. I've got Nugget. I mean, what time do I have? Yeah. Don't don't you think I should at least get Nugget? Like, I mean, didn't we say? I mean, I'm just following my own advice, which is just focus on one thing. Yeah, well, I'm that's just, my see, thing. I really this, want to do it, but here's the thing I'm just trying to follow my I main think, focus on one thing advice. Fine, but I don't think you should make music like this is my next career thing. I think you treat it like I go play golf once or twice a week. Right. You know, right. that's just what it's just what I do. You know, everybody has, everybody's allowed to have a, a hobby, an outlet, right? I go play basketball a couple times a week. I, or a few nights, I go, I go to the gym, right? I like working out and doing that stuff. So, so you can say, hey, you know. Isn't Nugget the hobby? No, that's more than a hobby. Yeah. That's a, so I think, I mm. think you could allow yourself, you know, maybe once or twice during the week for a half hour, maybe in the morning, you first get up in the morning, like, ah, this idea kind of played around with GarageBand for a few minutes or at night, you know, George is asleep. You're just like, you know, I'm going to just play around with some beats and some stuff. And then maybe the, maybe on a Saturday, you know, a little bit of time, you're just like, I'm just going to play around with stuff. It's just, it doesn't have to be a big thing. I think for you, what's hard for you to do is contain it. So it's either like 100% madness. I got to like make a, it has to be my big thing. <laughs> I think you could, I think you could contain it. So, you know what? I'm not going to put expectations out. I'm just going to play around and have fun. Because my, my, I have another friend of mine, Tom, who, he was really into that. He was on a professional tour as like a, um, and he got like a master's degree in, in, in music engineering and all this stuff from USC. So he's like, he's really done it. And he had the same kind of effect of you. Like he went and did the industry and eventually was just like, I screw it. I'm done. And, and then, but he always missed it. And then he always had these expectations on it. And he said, finally, you know, I'm just going to go and I'm going to record some songs just for fun. And he had these kind of goofball, funny songs, like about like a dad songs, like, <laughs> you know, you better do your homework or I'm going, you know, just, it was, but it were great. I'm like, you could do like 10 of these. These are like, what's that guy? It's funny that you should say that. Those, are, ironically, those are the exact songs that make money because you put them together with just some simple graphics, put them on YouTube. They get, kids watch them, like four-year-olds watch them like a hundred million times and you actually make some decent revenue from those yeah. kind of things. But he just... He, cause he had, he built like a little, um, he had like a little mini studio down the basement just so he could record and, you know, and he, he but and then he, he, 
because I kind of had a similar conversation with him. I'm like, Tom, you just go and just record stuff and quit talking about how you're going to record some stuff. And he finally, he's like, I finally did. And he said to me, and I'm like, that's great. And I was like, how'd you do it? And he's like, it was a blast. Well, this is the first time I've mentioned this to you. Like, yeah, like baby steps. I mean, I've just taken eight years to get to the point of wanting to do it. And you're like trying to ram it down my throat right now. Like, no, you're like, I'm not. I'm just, you're like, dude, dude, do it, do it. I'm not saying, no, that's what I'm saying is don't, because <laughs> here's what happens, I think, to people a lot. They, um, they think, well, once I make a lot of money, I'll do X. Or once I get to this point, and then I'll write, my, I'll write a book when I do this, or I'll get in shape when I do this, or I'll travel when I do this. Well, they never get to that point. And so they never travel or write the book or get in shape or do whatever the hell that thing is that they wanted to do. And the reality is, is that they either lacked, they really lacked the desire or they lacked the other, they lacked maybe the energy or the discipline or they were afraid of being judged or failing or whatever it was. And they just didn't do it. And the reality is, if you just say, look, I'm not going to put expectations on it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go have some fun. It can show it. Like, do the things you want to do. If you want to write, write. If you want to record music, make music, make music. Can I finish no. the, the <laughs> nugget, the content from stages 8 through 12? Can okay. I just get that done? Fine. Fine. And then I will do what fine. you're suggesting. But you don't have to be a millionaire and have no, a $100,000 no. equipment before you can create a few songs. I think fun. I can get it finished within the next two, within a, between a month and two months. And then... I will start doing what you're doing and saying, and I will put a time slice of my life into making the album. Cool. Well, that's cool. So here's and, and by the way, the making the album is a lot like dunking. Like, it's that kind of crazy. Like, for me, a 50-year-old guy, making that album is the absolute equivalent of you learning to dunk. So if I no, do this... No, it's not that crazy because 50-year-old guys make songs all the time. Maybe yeah. not rock and maybe not rock and roll or something. There's electronic, but you know, to just kind of, any age it, it seems it seems crazy to me. Look, anyway. it seems outrageous. I, I just and I lost my I lost my. Uh, Look, I'm I'm saying I'll do I'll do it. Just well, just let me finish the course. Oh, here's, here's what I was going to say. Let me finish the course. Well, hey, I'm not letting or not letting you do whatever you want. I'm just saying I'm trying to can I'm trying to. And I'm hearing you. I hear you, brother. I just, hear you, man. Just I'm on just, your side. Okay, fine. I'm, okay. I'm your I'm your I'm your brother. <laughs> hey, really <laughs> i didn't know okay you can do a blood test i guess I'm, i i'll i will take like as Brother always another i mean mother. look every time you give me advice I, I i say okay you know what this guy jason he's a smart guy he's got his shit together i'm gonna listen to that advice i, I just want do. you to have fun just have okay. fun Allow okay. yourself to have fun. I'll, I'll have fun. Have thinking. fun. Don't, don't put too many expectations <laughs> with this have vision fun. of you in the back of my mind make that album make the album yeah well i think it's <laughs> You know, I'm not saying you have to make an album. Record <laughs> a song. All right. Make all right. a song. But you know what? All I'm going to do is record what do you call like a um, a riff or a beat. What, do you, what, are the, what are the smallest bits, uh, smallest pieces of music? When you go and you just like get like a, you get like a rhythm or a beat in your head and you're like, oh, I, I know. I got something. I just want to record this. Put a few couple things. I got an idea. I think of it as a song or the a part of a song. song. A part of a song. That's how you yeah, get the like a, like a loop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just do that. A verse just or a bridge. Just do that. Like. Look, yeah. when you first start working out, you don't just like jump in the gym and work out for two hours. You go and yeah, say, yeah. I'm just going to get my oh, butt no, in the totally, gym and totally. walk in the treadmill for 15 I mean, minutes. I've got to learn. Like, oh, no, you're going to. We should probably talk, talking about this, stop talking about this in a sec, but I'm going to say this one last thing to you and you're going to, your eyes are going to roll. So I signed up to this site called Groove3.com, which is an educational site that teaches you how to use music software. Okay. 
You're not rolling your eyes? Because that's the very Phil thing to do. Well, that's not your pattern. <laughs> Phil's, Phil's, <laughs> Phil's delay pattern, the way he procrastinates is he takes classes. Okay. Instead of just doing it, he'll go, oh, I signed up for this class, I have the class. I'm like, yeah, I know you did. Because now you're just taking a class instead of just do the damn thing. You know, mm-hmm. do it, you know. But okay. I tease him about that all the time. But I don't tease him anymore because it's kind of an old joke because it's so obvious. Mm-hmm. But... um. Yeah. Oh, you know, you were said you're. Uh, oh, the last thing I'll say about the whole thing is what I think is kind of interesting is like saying like seeing what you can create with zero to no budget. Like, like that's in your head. Like, I'm going to do this with almost no budget. I'm I just make don't move- want to. Yeah. All right. Like, I don't want to. Like, I want. Like, I know. I want I, the gear. I have a very clear idea of what I want. Like, very clear. Like, clearer than most things that I do. I know exactly what I want. I know the exact kit I need. I know the plugins I need. I know the guitars I need to buy. I know the hardware support systems I need to buy. I've got a really clear picture. Yes, well, I can understand why Georgie would roll her eyes. Like you're gonna go burn a bunch of money on this thing that you're. Well, it's not a lot. Well, for for, you need to earn. You have to earn your way there. And I don't (laughs) know times that you can't like walk out and just blow ten or twenty grand on the studio. The first thing I have to buy is is a Variax, which is a which is a a guitar that does electronic modeling and can be every guitar. Okay. And that's about six hundred. That's about a thousand bucks. So I got to get that. That's just that's just for starters, just right? It. Okay. Then I have to buy the recording software, which is not expensive, probably four hundred bucks. I'll use Pro Logic, which is an Apple recording software. Mm-hmm. But then there's all these effects that I want to do and different sounds and different things that I have to to make. And one computer can't handle all that, so you kind of need to buy these um these plug-in external cards. These kind of GPUs that that externally can handle the load of the reverb and all the different things, and allow you to make this whole thing, um, in you know with modern music making. So I know what I need to buy, and it's I've you know, right. it's a couple of instruments. It's a guitar and a bass, and and maybe a MIDI keyboard input, and then a couple of hardware accelerators, and then everything else is on the laptop. So it's I'm not going. I'm not. I mean, believe me, you could spend millions on setting up a studio. Sure, you could. But I'm I can just talking why about. like the hell you're going to spend ten thousand dollars. I'm just talking about a like a minimum equipment. budget. Like it, maybe not even ten grand. Maybe even five grand. I could get started. Maybe six grand. But I I certainly can't start without software and a bloody guitar, right? I can't start without that. So it's yeah. at least a grand on a guitar. You're not spending yeah. that much on guitar, do you? It's a very specific guitar because a big part of the music that I want to make is with these different guitar sounds. And if I want to go ahead and buy each of those guitars, that's going to cost me a grand for each guitar. I'm buying this virtual simul, you know, guitar. The, the, the whole music I want to make is music that sounds, you know, authentic, but I want to do it in this very kind of weird virtual way using yeah. weird virtual software and stuff. And what, once again, it's because I've seen Grimes and what she's done in her whole process. And it made me think, you know what? I fucking could do that. You know? Yeah. Anyway, so that's cool. Well, you know, uh, circling back, you know, he said how Grimes lives in the area. Yes. Where? How, where? How do you know she lives in this area? Where specifically? Ah, uh, because I think because in my in my news feed, it gives me like it gives me um, house house stuff that's happened. Uh-huh. Like if someone if someone famous buys or sells a house uh-huh. in the local Pasadena area, and it said Grimes buys a house in Pasadena. Wow. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, there's there's a fair number of famous people live in the area. You know. Um, one, a buddy of mine said, just the other day I was talking, he's like, yeah, there's a guy, I can't, I won't give his name, whatever, because I don't, but he's like, yeah, he's like, 
he's this pretty well known actor. You would know all I would talk about. He he has a house. He he lives up near my buddy, and he's like he's like he always has this big bunch of cars, big like almost like a big party every week or something in the same night as you know and he's like wonder what this is and and he he, he he like knows the guy but he's like i wonder what you know and he peeks his head out. they're like playing they have like a dungeons and dragons he peeks his head out. <laughs> he, dungeons and dragons. He, has a, he hosts a big dungeons and dragons thing oh, and this is like nice. this like really cool guy so you'd be like that's kind of funny you wouldn't really yeah. expect that but um I don't know. It's just a, has a funny story. The the other thing I was going to mention, you know, I someone told me that you know the Big Bang Theory, like their their house or whatever they are, their condo where they live, apartment is on, supposed to be on Los Robles. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be on the street. Go. Oh, okay. Oh, on this street. On their, yeah, their make believe world, right? Because they they I guess apparently they attend Caltech. So this and, is Los Robles. Yes. So this street literally goes directly through to my house. Does it really? Yeah. So you could just like, get on a skateboard and then like, I could ride just, you your could entire skateboard way. downhill. The it's whole down the whole way. That <laughs> going up would be a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so you could just take a uh, an Uber home and then skateboard down. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least get a yeah. You still have your old light bike. That you oh, have. that bike. You yeah. can still ride that bike here downhill, and then you put it in the trunk on your when you take uh, an Uber home. Light. Yes. So speaking of. Did we get an update on the exercise? Because you, you you were starting a new exercise program. I'm not talking about health. Why not? No, no. Because no you haven't done anything? No discussion. No, that's bullshit. I'm not talking about it, no. Why? Because because uh, I don't want any bad juju. Have you made any progress? Um, I've I've made no negative progress. You made any positive progress? I've made some positive progress. In, in the nature of I what? Think, I think that the last time I saw you, I probably weighed like 225, and I think I weigh uh, 219 right now. Okay. All right, moving on. Okay. Well, I'll give you an update on my okay, on on. operation. Let me hear I want to hear it. So, I that, hear it. so I've, uh, I, as of yesterday, I came down 18 pounds. Okay. And I've lost four inches off my waist. I was going to say, you're looking kind of superhero-ish. Awesome. Well, th- yeah. I'll take that. I appreciate. It. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm, um, I, I think I'm about. I don't know if I don't think I don't have 18 pounds left to go, but I still wanna, still gotta go. Yeah. A ways, but so I'm down from my waist down from a 38 to a 34, but I think I want to get down to about 34. God, I remember that. I was what, 17. Yeah, yeah. That was when I had a 34 waist. Yeah. So um, and um. And you know the funny thing is that, and I and I've told you before on the show, I got I have a trainer, so I've been working with him and making the making fun of him all the time. Yeah, yeah, giving him. I always start I always start talking shit and yeah, whatever. But um, uh, it's working. It's, it's working. It is working. It's working. Um, it ain't cheap. I'll tell you that. But it's it's worth it because the the key thing for me is, of course, not injuring myself because I get overexcited and. Mm-hmm. He's there to keep me from, you know, keep my form strict and not doing the uh, the the one extra rep or set that causes injury. You know, it's like keeping things. Would you say that he has actively stopped you from hurting yourself? Sure, probably. It's hard like, to say. Was that was there a time when you said I'm just going to do this, and he said no? Yeah, he's like, we're going to stop here. I'm like, we do. And he's like, no, we're not. I don't want to. I'm like, okay. So, so probably you could have hurt yourself yeah, those times. It's hard to say if I would have, yeah. but I'm, I'm sure would. I mean, it's not that I haven't injured myself, you know, but not, not, nothing too major. And, okay. um, um, it's weird, but it's funny. So I've got him now fired up because he's like, yeah, I'm going to start lifting heavy too. You know, cause he, <laughs> <laughs> my own trainer motivated. 
So like all these, you know, he's like every right here. Cause I, cause like he, because I have such aggressive goals, my workouts are brutal. Like I get done a lifting session and my, my, my shirt is 100% soap. Right. That's just lifting weights. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, what the hell is everybody else doing? <laughs> no one else is even breathing hard. I'm looking at like five other people with trainers and they're just sitting there smiling, doing a little bit. I'm like, this is bullshit. Are you still going, for, are you still going for the dunk? Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. So, yeah. and, uh, you know, so I'm always giving them shit about that. I'm like, damn man, this is bullshit. Like nobody is doing any work here. Do you give everyone in the gym shit? No. You just say it to him. I was like, I've noticed something. They're all using our exercises. <laughs> Cause I'll, I'll, I'll like, I'll like be on YouTube and, you know, I'm always like doing deep dives into stuff. I'm like, here, I think this is a good, we might want to look into doing this or this kind of power training, this, and I'll send him a link. And he's like, yeah, that's kind of interesting. We start doing it. And like three weeks later, I see my other trainer using it. And I'm like, huh, isn't that interesting? <laughs> I wonder where I got that idea from. Um, that's hilarious. But, you know, I mean, they're obviously, the, this is kind of an expensive gym. So the clientele there, it's not a bunch of 20-year-old athletes, right? It's people in their 30s and 40s and 50s you know, probably more 40s and 50s and 60s, people who are professionals who can afford to work out there. And, you know, people are just, they have more, much more, much less ambitious goals. Like, you know, I want to try and lose 10, 15 pounds. I want to try and put on a little muscle. I want to increase my mobility. I want to, you know, my doctor says my blood pressure, cholesterol, I'm trying to, you know, whatever it is they're trying to do, right? So it's much, it's much, it's not the same. You should like back talk everyone. You should be. You should become like like the, all you guys. All this weakness, <laughs> just get out of my eye line, right? <laughs> Every one of you. <laughs> they this weak shit you could out cause of here. a revolt in that place. You could get everyone to try harder. <laughs> like, come on, <laughs> this is. You call that a set? Yeah, <laughs> you and the trainer just stand over other people when they're working out. Well, I do that. Con you know, I said touch it to my trainer. I like, and I'll be like, he's like, how you doing? I'm like, I could do this all day. You know, I'm like, <gasps> <laughs> hey, this is weak. You know. Um, I noticed that I because I'm so competitive that that he 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 can now kind of play into that you know like all he has to do is challenge me a little bit. And would it. you? I'm like, all right. What'd you do? Would you lift? <laughs> it's like, come on, let's do it. Let's go. You know. But but that just makes it fun for me. But um. But he's presumably he's like, can he lift more than you or yeah. the same? Yeah. Yeah. For now. For now. For okay. now. I, I like, You'll catch up with him temporarily. We'll see in uh, we'll see in six months where we're at. Well, remember when Phil caught up with you? Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, that felt you felt like, bad what about the that. Hell, but um, you know, it, it was good though because it got me got me uh, motivated again. Anyway, the the side effect of doing this whole Operation Superhero thing is, uh, I, I, other than I'm really getting in much better shape, losing weight, yeah. is one oh, my heart rate went down from like my resting heart rate before was like about a 68, 69. Mm -hmm. is now down to like a forty. 40 oh no no 54 55 wow 56 yeah that average. is very very good which is pretty dramatic that's like that's almost as good as mine but it's really good <laughs> 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 yeah and um but the other thing i was gonna say is like it's uh you know just like four years ago when i first did this is it gets you super motivated you know when you get on an exercise plan it actually starts to work it just say carries over to everything yeah. You know, I was talking to Phil about that. It's like, if you want someone to transform their life, lead with exercise. Because if you start exercising, you start getting in shape, then eventually you're like, yeah, I should probably eat a little healthier. I How much work, time? And then it, oh, I, I have to do a fair amount of time. I go six days a week. Okay. A couple hours so a six day. days a week, two hours a day. Like, what about getting there and back? Yeah, I walk each way, which is like 22 minutes. 
So the whole the whole time. Yeah, I take off here about four twenty. I don't get back until like I don't know seven thirty or something. Four, five, six, seven. Three so hours. three, and that's including yeah, showering and everything. Yeah, three hours or so. Every day, six days a week. But I like it. Yeah, for me. I mean, it's all right for some. I mean, I don't think that. But I've always been that way. I've always been the or at least I you know go play basketball or soccer practice. It's always been kind of what I do. I don't know how many people have three hours a day to give. Well, you don't have to do that much. I mean, you can do less. I mean, the reason that I do work out longer, like I could work out an hour, probably four days a week and, and still make a lot of progress. But, um, and obviously I don't have to walk, but I like walking. It's kind of the Zen meditation. I can just listen to podcasts and just kind of send make phone calls and just be walking a lot. It's a nice walk. Um, but, um, I, in order to lose weight, you kind of need to be in a caloric deficit of some kind. And I'm not really big on the dieting stuff. Yeah. So I'd rather be able to eat more. And I, I can I can much more easily do an hour of cardio than I can say, well, I'm just like not going to eat. Yeah. So you can totally do it. I mean, there's a pl- I mean, m- most people would probably prefer to eat a little less and do less, work out less. I'm like, I don't, I don't mind working out, but I'm just, I'm not going to starve myself. Well... But I like it because it, it takes it, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't, it's not, it's not, it's not, I mean, it's not that I necessarily love doing the cardio. That's just temporary until I can get my weight down to where I want it to be. And then I can maintain with much less. But Are you going to get a table tennis table? Please get a table tennis table. Why? <laughs> so that I can play table tennis with you. Last time, you were, You've got such a great house. I'm just looking in the yard right there. Perfect place for a table tennis table. I'm not into it. And Colby would love to play it. I don't think he'd care. I'd love to play it. Yeah. <laughs> you bring it over. You can. Have, you have a house. I can't bring a table tennis. You have table. a house. It's not mine. Not like this is yours. This is your actual house that you can do whatever the hell you want with. Yeah. Oh, well. If you ever decide to get a table tennis table, I'll give you a game. Right. Okay. So uh, moving on. Let's let's talk about something. All right. Else. Well, we we really need to hear about how your crazy startups going math academy right oh okay so let's see the update real quick update on the um the kids so they took the bc ap exam which is the sort of the second year calculus exam or the more advanced calculus exam um so how many kids six kids my six and my eighth graders and what uh, eighth grades what age does that make them uh 13 14 okay um depending Colby and Caroline are a year young, so they're just they're still thirteen. Okay, most yeah. kids are around fourteen. Um, so they took the exam in May. We just got the results back a couple weeks ago. Um, so here, so you get you either get a one through a five okay. on the on AP exam. Yeah. One is cause no recommendation. Two is um, like possibly qualified. Three is qualified. Uh, four is like well-qualified and you know and five is like extremely well-qualified or something like that schnizzle something like that so riley got a five whoa george got a four whoa colby nicole and caroline got threes and david got two so david is the only one who didn't get an official like your past he got he got a three in last year's a b exam so he still checks the box but he's just one of those kids that are like he can't he, he gets on a problem and he just locks onto it and instead of just saying, like, you have 60 seconds to solve it, so if you don't solve it, you need to just kind of yeah. take your best guess and move on and come back later if you have time. He just 
does not do a good job of that. He's just a, he's just kind of a slow poke. He'll work out. He'll work into it. Yeah, time, and yeah. so you know he's never going to perform as well on the. So Riley's test. really. Uh... Yeah, well, he would do. I, he was he was tracking while we do some practice tests. I I told Santa I said I think he could pop a five. I was like I would be surprised. I was expecting a four on Nicole and and uh, Colby and Nicole. I think. I mean, they're really are for it. I think you really have to look at them and say. Like for Colby, for instance, I mean, he had t- been doing fours on his practice test. I think he, he just he's just overconfident, a little cocky, not conscient, not as careful and conscientious as he should be at times. Yeah, does nine steps and two and things like that. Yeah, and, you know, I just can't, I can't beat it out of him. I try. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's just an age thing. You know, you get to seventeen, eighteen years old, you're kind of, you know, you get a little more sense of like. Yeah. The fact that, you know, I should probably reread the question. Is there a second part there? Or did I, did I actually do this? Did he just, did I check Look, my a work? Three is a, like you say, it's a, that's a qualifier. It's still good. Yeah. Still pass. You it's know, good, it's still yeah. pass. So it's, so they're all good. So next year, um, uh, Haren, is, who is their mathematician, one of our mathematician instructors, he's teaching the ninth grade class at Pasadena high school. And they'll be learning, um, multivariable calculus and uh, linear algebra. Um, mm-hmm. And very much an applied way. He was talking. Well, they're going to do proofs, but they're also going to do very. Uh, I make it very project oriented. He said, um, where he, he reached out to a bunch of friends of his who are mathematicians at other universities and have taught linear algebra. And he's like, "Hey, I'm looking for some interesting project ideas." And he got like a whole bunch of really cool things. And mm-hmm. He's like, "He's like, yeah, I want to connect linear algebra to." And he was going like to number theory and all these kinds of things. And I'm just like, you'd have to be a mathematician to be able to do that. I mean, it's one thing. I mean, I could probably teach a linear algebra class. I'd have to do a lot of prep over the summer and relearn it, but I could do it. But I could only teach it in isolation. Like, okay, this is linear algebra. I got a, I got a book, you know, on linear algebra. This is this is what it is. There's no way I could connect it to like all of these other fields, all these branches of mathematics. You really have to be really high up and, and see how everything connects. And he's like, oh yeah, you know, you can even use analysis and you know, you can use like you know, multiple calculus and number theory. I mean, number theory, how the hell would you do that? Like number theory is like the study of prime numbers, integers. Like how do you I don't even know how that would work. So I'm like, I gotta go sit on this class. <laughs> you know, but I think it's it's gonna be it's gonna be just amazing. Oh, so you're sitting in on the class. Okay. Well no, I mean I'll I I just threaten to to show up a lot more often than not, you know, whenever okay. I'm like, I'm going to go sit down just because it's, I think it'll be really cool. Um, but, uh, you know, I just don't, I just, I wouldn't even know how you would do that. So it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see it. Cause he's, cause Haran has taught, he taught linear algebra, you know, probably a dozen times at the university level, both at the graduate and undergraduate level. And so he already, he obviously has a very great, uh, strong understanding or, a deep understanding of the subject and how to best teach it and stuff. But he's like, yeah, he, but he goes, he's, I'm really, I'm really excited because he's like about this class. He's like, I, I, knowing what I know now, he's like, he's like, I, I can't remember how he said it, but he was like, you know, I wish I had known how to teach the math Academy way when I started teaching in 2002. Mm, yeah. You know, the math Academy way being you don't get up and lecture and have you have people on the on the boards or on the board but they, they can be sitting down but you have them doing problems you run them like a soccer practice yeah i'm going to give up i'm going to do a little bit of motivating examples or motivating question or problem and then you're going to get to work and challenges working on stuff and then i'm gonna you know then we're going to go over it together and you're going to go over each other's work and you make it engaging and 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 it's about doing it's not about listening passively you know all that kind of stuff so um that's going to be super cool um 
and uh, we finally hired the uh, the second uh, PhD. He was our third full time instructor, but he's a mathematician. Just got his PhD from UCLA, mm-hmm. which is I think ranked like seventh in the world and seventh in the country in math wow. in the math department. So he's he's really good. And um, so yeah, so we got it's gets going, and then I guess getting validated. Yeah, it's coming together. But, but what what's been occupying my time this summer is the bridge course. So I have all these kids who are. Um, uh, in either sixth grade, who just who finished sixth grade and are and are want to jump in with next year's seventh graders, so they have to do all. So of, they've passed. So they passed the test, and now you're getting them up to speed. Well, so no, these are kids who didn't test into it, mm. and a lot of them either or they tested into it and they just decided not to do it. Now they've changed their mind, or they moved from another district and they just you know they're like oh you know once they realize what this math academy thing is, they're like oh man I should be in that, and so. Yeah. They they're taking the course that started in March and they're doing the whole thing online. Um, That's the bridge course online with your learning platform. Yeah, although we have TA sessions that you can optional TA sessions that you can come to twice a week for. Um, how is it? Is it oh. is it what what's the bell curve look like in how it's training them? How it's kind of lifting them up? Is it working as you expected or is it? Yeah, you know what's 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 amazing is that I'm doing extremely well. So you're like, what the hell is the classes? Are the classes even for these kids are doing so well just doing it all by themselves? It's like you don't even need that much. Like you can do, which is great when you look at the software. You're like, well, it works that well that, you know, maybe it's not 100% autopilot for every kid. I mean, there's some kids that you could be like at 95% autopilot, you know, where they don't need any help. Um, But even if you're like it's 75, 80% autopilot, that's pretty. I wanted to ask you this. So when the kids... When I see the kids work, they draw stuff out on the board and they kind of go, duh, 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 duh. but with the software, it's like multiple choice. Mm-hmm. That's two very different concepts. Like if you get those kids who've been trained up by the software, can they then go ahead and write stuff out on the board? Yeah, well, writing on the board is, I mean, it doesn't take very long to get used to doing that. I mean, kids, I mean, it's just like- But have you seen kid. that with your own eyes? Like take yeah. one of these kids who's been trained yeah. on the platform and yeah, then- Yeah, because they come to the TA sessions- and I'll work with them, and I'll be like, all right, just go to the board. You know, because like I had uh, Charlie and uh, Annika were two of the two of the kids I was work I've been working with specifically, um, because they're they're making a two year jump. They're trying to jump from seventh grade math into calculus in one go in four months, <laughs> which is insane, right? So I've been working with them. I've been like, okay, they need some extra support because what we're trying to do is just unpre- unprecedented. Right, and so, um, but I just have a board because you know initially they're like sitting on their notebooks. I'm like, yeah, just just go, just go up to the board because I don't want to have to look at your writing on the paper. Just yeah, you know, um, yeah, I think it's no big deal. Mm. It yeah. works fine. Um, I think multiple choice is like a really good eighty twenty solution. I mean, yeah, could you have free response and you have to parse it and all stuff? And I think in most cases it's just sort of pain in the ass. I think there's some cases where you could say, you know. You know, for certain questions where the answer is something really simple, like seven or negative one half or whatever it's yeah. going to be, or x squared, it's pretty easy to enter. You might say, okay, well, for these particular questions, we can make it free response, but I'm not sure it adds that much yeah. to it, and it, it really increases the the chance that you're going to have uh, user error yeah. entering it, user frustration, yeah. software errors, and I'm just like, I'm not, I just, I don't think it's something I really want to. So the platform out. is rocking. It's working. Yeah. Um, but oh, let me just say about the bridge class thing. So, but you just asked your question. So I think we're going to have, I think there are four, there are four kids or so that are definitely going to make it. 
I, I they have to test in like a week and a half, but I think they have a really good shot at testing in and and, do it, finish, and jumping with next year's seventh graders. And then I think we have at least two kids who are going to jump all the way from seventh grade into calculus. That's crazy. Which is insane. But they do a 30 quest, 30 question assignment every single weekday since March. So like, I mean, it's just. And so 85 assignments. And with those kids, when they use the platform, is it doing this sort of self-assessment, like adaptive learning thing? No, so that's really interesting. So the big thing that I had it do, and I took offline, and I've been doing it manually because I, ne- I never had a chance to really work that out completely. But it's actually next week, like that's next week's project to bring that back in life. So I've been doing it manually. So I kind of go through and I kind of eye things. Sorry, right, I'm going to use these review topics, but it's a really painful process to have to do that and kind of eyeball everything. And you're never going to do it that accurately, and you're going to forget things, forget to include things. Okay. So. Um, yeah, so I'm going to do because I'm I'm really looking forward to it because I'm tired of like having to do that. <laughs> Great assignment. So you're manually going through what they're doing and you're going, oh, they're missing out this, so I need to now introduce these questions. So to what them. I do is I say, okay, I mean, I know I know the linear progression. You know, like there's X number of like trains of thought. Like, okay, we're going down the factor remainder theorem, or we're going down doing trigonometry or geometry or whatever. And you and there's kind of an almost an a, a there's a pretty obvious progression of topics. I and mean, sometimes you can like, well, I'm going to do this or that, but along each of these sort of routes and you're going to go and you're going to go through on all of them a lot of them simultaneously like ah we're doing a little trig we're doing some algebra we're doing some of this and this and that yeah um and um so what i'll do is i'll say okay well here we do two top two new topics a day although for the seventh the guys are, the, the kids are doing the bridge they'll do three or four a day and i'll say okay they'll do review topics from yesterday they'll just review topics from a week ago and then i'll look back from like three weeks ago and try and get another topic or two from that and that's just kind of how I do it. So you have to manage to do that. But once once the adaptive learning thing's in there... Then I don't have to do it at all. It's going to be sweet. Yeah, and... I'm really excited to see how that goes because that's the... I don't know if anyone's got that right. That's the kind yeah. of groundbreaking thing. Here. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that we haven't done it, but it was just so many things that we had to just fix that was just kind of semi-broken or there are a lot of things that I had to build for the content teams for them to be more efficient and stuff. And... Um, in retrospect, I think some of the stuff I built to help the content teams, I'm like, I don't know if it was really worth it, you know, because it cost <laughs> a lot of money to build it. And I'm like, how much money did that really, how much did that really save? How much save? to get you, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but we have five content teams. Each content team has like five people on it as an as a, a editor, an assistant editor, and three content developers. So it's quite a freaking yeah. operation. So you need to write, you need to spend some time on the tooling to make that efficient. Yeah. Otherwise, you could... You know, people really are not getting down what they need to get done because things are not. You know. But I'm I'm always talking to Alex, who's the con- director of content, and yeah. I'm always like, "What are the bottlenecks? What are the dumb things that you're doing over and over every day? You're like, why am I doing this? What's eating up your time? You know, and even if you don't think it's a dumb thing, what are you spending much time on? Because I'll bet there's something about it that's dumb. Dumb meaning you shouldn't have to spend so much time on it. Mm-hmm. I know that you think you need to send all these emails or you need to do all these things, yeah. but I bet you there's a way we can get around doing that. Mm-hmm. And then there's more times we uncover stuff. He's like, oh yeah, man, we could do that. And so we did, you know. And, but a lot of it was creating this um, right structure, breaking, thing, breaking them into teams and having editors. And just, I mean, that you had to build that because otherwise it was just an overwhelming process for him to manage. So um, with the software side of things, with the, I guess you've got the non-profit company and the for-profit company. Right. And the non-profit company is kind of on hiatus. 
and the for-profit companies. Well, that's the not software. a hiatus. It's just that you know we're. It's just the in-between some in-between semesters, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> but the for the for-profit is the the software like any any roadmap or any idea about when that might get a public release for people to come along and yeah well, sign up and so subscribe. Or I was really shooting for the fall, so I'm still like to shoot for early fall. Um, the one thing is just that we had took a lot of time is that I really had to build at least in terms of content. We're trying to get ready the the algebra one course ready because these are you want to start with the basic courses and build up because you you need those anyway. Um, as sort of like our pre- for the prerequisite tree for the more advanced topics and more yeah more advanced subjects, um, and so we were going through and filling in holes and doing all that. But then I was like, I realized when I was, you know, assigning trying to assign topics for the bridge courses, I'm like, shit, we don't have topics on this. Wait, there's no tutorial for this. Wait, you know, and I'm just like, all right, this is what has to happen right now. Stop algebra one. I need this, this, and this today i need like this i need all this crap like i don't care about anything else right now mm-hmm. you know these kids are working too hard you know for us to sort of like at the end like we just run out of track and i don't have topics and tutorials and questions of the stuff they need in order to pass the qualifying exam yeah so um that has been a little bit of a fire drill over the past two or three weeks when i had to kind of take people off the off, off that sure i had alex take everybody Office, so yeah. you did say to me at one time that like it ultimately I would be able to do this platform and it would start from division up. Yeah, it would start from just that if you know basic arithmetic, if you know fractions and if so, you, so you need to know fractions, it can't doesn't teach you that. No, it assumes you know how to add subtract fractions. You don't remember how to add fractions? So if I said add a one third, three fourths, do you know how to do that? Well, I, I do, but I don't have very much practice at it and I especially don't know long division, for example. Nobody uses long division. Okay. Those sort of like calculating square roots by hand or something. It's like nobody does that. Okay. I mean, really. I mean, it's either it's either people can kind of do it in their head or they use a calculator. <laughs> you know, it's not. You know, I don't know anyone who does that. Um, but uh, you know, as long as you can add subtract fractions, you know, and that's you it. Go. That's a, the good base. That's, yeah, we go from there. I guess you could just say if you can't add subtract. Can't add and subtract fractions. Go and look at this web page. You have bigger problems. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so it's, it's, you know, my focus really is on this. Uh, I'm going to get this bridge course stuff done. Um, and then after that, um, really just focus on um, getting the software launched. Yeah. You know? Are you going to launch with payments straight away or will you do like a, yeah, I'd like to. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'd like to. I mean, I, I feel like I feel like if something's really valuable, people pay for it. If they're yeah. going to pay for it, it's a good sign that nobody gives, gives a damn, and you probably want to know that sooner than later, right? Are you going to do a show HN? I might. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think for show, Hacker News might come once I have, like, a linear algebra course. Yeah. You know, it's like, or we have, like, a mathematics for machine learning or something. Like, that's something that would blow up on Hacker News. People would be like, oh, man, I've been wanting to take this, like intro to machine learning or your or you know vision ai artificial intelligence and computer vision but i just don't know enough linear algebra or statistics and every time i think oh i'll just go break out i'll go get a book and i can't get through there's a lot of people like that they just don't know enough math to do those courses and it's really hard to learn that math on your own yeah um and um we're a lot of these courses are like very project oriented Will people so be like able write to write a physics engine after they've gone ahead and gone through your courses? 
Um, I guess, well, I mean, that's, that's a whole different thing. Not, I mean, to write a physics engine, you don't just need to know physics. You also need to know a lot about some t certain types of programming. Okay. But, um, but I think, but again, knowing the physics and knowing the mathematics is a, is a necessary condition mm -hmm. that has to be met. Yeah. Right. You like, you're not doing that until you know this. You know, if you don't know trigonometry, if you don't know basic, I don't know, you just, there's no shot at it. So, um, you know, I think that would be the, probably the appropriate time to do, you know, yeah. is like, yeah, is when we debut our, you know, some kind of mathematics for machine learning or mathematics for data science or whatever. And people, you know, it'd be some combination of linear algebra and statistics. And that'd be awesome. Like the, the, you know, the mathematics for machine learning pack. I think so too. Yeah. I think that'd be a great course. I think yeah. that'd be kind of thing people would be like, yeah, okay. You know, you'd get some takers on Hacker News. I mean, it's like you could show it and be like, oh, that's kind of cute. Maybe I'll, my nephew is trying to learn trigonometry or my daughter's been struggling with this or has really advanced his board in her math class. Maybe I'll sign up for algebra. You'd probably get some takers. Yeah. Um, um, but I don't think um, it would blow up for that group unless they had something that really scratched their yeah, that particular makes sense. itch. Yeah. And if they went on and be like, oh, yeah, I did this and I also signed my my son up for, you know, the algebra or geometry class, you know, that kind of thing. One mm. of the things I want to build into it though is the um, is uh, video conferencing, so you can have like virtual TA sessions. Yeah, that sounds awesome. But one thing I did want to say is that thing that you said was unprecedented about those kids using the platform, going from where they are to algebra mm -hmm. to calculus, calculus. In four or five months. Yeah, that a blog post about that would blow up on Hacker News. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I definitely have a lot of blog posts in, yeah. in mind. I'm I'm kind of gearing myself up to start writing content, but okay. the because um, that's actually I I think our real hook is going to be like you always when, when you're you have a product, it's not the features, it's the benefits. Yeah, people don't want tools so much as they want solutions. So if you're like, I think ours ours is going to be accelerated learning. So it's like. You're going to learn it faster and you're going to know it longer. So we use the distributed practice so you don't forget it. But it's like learn for five years of math in four months. Like yeah, that's, that's like, crazy. That's kind of like, holy shit. And so you get a lot of people calling bullshit on like that is bullshit. This is you, you have people writing, which will you, cause press. People yeah, go, you want that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's just a superficial learning and they yeah. don't really know it. And they really have to do this and that. And you have you'll have those you have a set of trolls will get really angry by that and they'll say, well, it has to be this way. But the reality is that it will work and that people will learn. Um, it doesn't mean that you're gonna go and, and you pass our course and you're gonna go and, 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 and place at the International Math Olympiad. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you will be able to do well on any standardized test assessment of your, of your knowledge of algebra or trigonometry or calculus, right? Which is what you're trying to do. You know, if it's a while, I were teaching algebra two, I didn't say that you're going to win a math Olympiad. Okay. That's mm -hmm. a whole different thing. Mm -hmm. Although we want to we will end up having courses for that as well. It's like, <laughs> oh, I want to, I, I want to, you know, I want to build the world on the AMC 10 or AMC 12 or Amy. It's like, okay, we'll have courses geared towards building the skills required to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, I think there, there will definitely be a receptive audience of, on Hacker News and people will go, oh, this is really cool. Yeah. I wish I had had this. This is great. You know, had we had my, I had played around or had my, kids playing around I'm at, I'm at an Khan Academy but there were weak weaknesses and it didn't 
can only get us so far. This is like the next level. This is really cool. That kind of thing. Yeah, and then, exactly. And then you have some people like, well, I just don't see how you could do this on your own. You really need to do this and that. And that's fine. Some people, are, but you know, you have an audience if you, if you have your haters, mm -hmm. if you have your haters, you have people who just like, I think this is terrible and this is the worst thing in the world. You have found your audience because there are a bunch of people who go like, I oh, love this is great. <laughs> yeah, right. That's true. Yeah. I mean, that's like, I think like, uh, you know, 37 signals would always say that, you know, you kind of have to draw a line in the sand. This is who we are. This is what we're doing. This is what we believe. And, um, you know, it's funny because I don't really like to get into like arguments and big fights about that kind of shit. Like, I'm just like, oh, God, this is going to be so annoying. But I know that I, I do have very strong opinions about what's possible, and what what works and stuff. So I'm going to have to and if we're going to brand ourselves and we're going to attract people's attention, I'm going to have to state those opinions and I'm going to have to you know, put some evidence out there and whatever and draw that line in the sand and that's gonna, that's gonna cause problems. But, well look, the worst thing is to, is to draw a line in the sand and nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, actually, that's a win if you draw a line in the sand and you got a lot of uncomfortable emails and people talking about how you're doing a disservice to students because you're not doing this, that, or the other thing, right? And you get a bunch of annoying back and forth on Hacker News comments or whatever, and you get some nasty emails from people. Like that means you're winning because people are paying attention to what you're doing. But it's annoying. But I think that's just part of the that's the course, right? Like you got to run the gauntlet. You got to you got to deal with that stuff. Yeah, maybe because we maybe in the days when we used to be a bit, you know, have more audience, we used to get more haters. Yeah, the reality is, I was talking <laughs> to someone about that. I said I think I got four that i remember like kind of nasty emails of the whole from the whole show let's round that up to be a half dozen yeah like, that's nothing i mean if we, we had an extraordinarily um i guess a friendly audience which yeah. was really nice i mean if i got a lot of nasty emails i'd be like ah, this is just i would you know wouldn't do it anymore i don't know it's just like who needs this grief you know like yeah. i don't care um but we've, we you know everyone has always been like really supportive and friendly and polite and if they disagreed about something it was always like it was like your friend disagreeing with you yeah like hey yeah i don't know jason you should think about this or what about <laughs> that it wasn't like you know you're in blah 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 you know it was never offensive i mean other than like i said about a half dozen um so that was always refreshing i mean so anyway I, that's one thing i was brainstorming the day is like how do we you know what is gonna because i think i was reading it i was watching this i was listening to this great um interview and it was the guy who, who created yammer was ceo of yammer and he um you tell me about this yeah and he's like you know you have to innovate on distribution as well as product most things you've done well so you really have to and i mean and a lot of things that people have used the hacks that people have used they don't work anymore because everybody uses them now i mean content marketing always works you just have to kind of come up with your own spin on it and stuff um, but you know, it has to be, you can't just do it cynically. You have to say, okay, I'm going to go and start writing some really high quality mm -hmm. opinion pieces or education pieces on this and why this is true or not, you know, whatever. Um, but anyway, I, 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 I definitely have been kind of coming up with lots of ideas, you know, about how we, uh, it's primed for content marketing. Like it's very, it's so PR worthy basically. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm hoping, you know, and it's, but it's funny. I was talking to uh, my buddy, uh, Doug, who's the MV code club. Yeah. Um, buddy of mine. And, um, you know, so he put a lot of money in MV code club and it's going, but he's just like, cause I was talking to him. I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, I'm kind of thinking about just funding it myself and this and that. And 
he's just like, I don't know, man. Like, you know, you might want to take some money just because that burn rate, it really starts to burn <laughs> after a while. And it takes longer to start turning a profit and get that revenue stream than you think. Yeah. And it can just, you, you, so you wake up in the middle of the night and you just like your chest is tight. And just I like, don't know, oh. though, because it's, it's all about products. It's all about product class, product type. Like MV Code Club has those real world costs, yeah. all that real world stuff that you don't have. But I do. I have a big burn rate with like a team of twenty five or six people. That's a lot of people. Well, you do time. have that, but but there's that has a bell that has a half life in its own right. It's not like you're going to have all those people forever. Yeah, you are going to have all those people forever. Yeah, well, yeah, because we we have we're going to keep doing courses. I mean, it's going to move up the stack. It's going to be multivariable calculus and linear algebra and differential equations. It's going to move okay, on to Okay, well, physics. then you need to get that shit out there and start monetizing. Exactly. It. <laughs> so, so <laughs> what's your burn rate right now? I mean, are you, are you happy to say that on like live? I don't really want to go into that many detail right yeah, now. Okay, I'll, but I'll just say it's a lot. It's a lot, right? I'm a, I mean, yeah, it's a lot. So basically, you need material sales to cover that burn rate. Yeah, so that's why, well, that's what Sandy, she's like, look, you know, you don't have to like, break even but we need to start having a trickle in september you need to turn the knob on and even if it's like like you know which is right like even if it's a thousand dollars a month like let's just get just to show it yeah just start to yeah. start offsetting the cost a little bit and growing it um so i i mean that's i i kind of i kind of mentally i was planning on kind of really going through all this process um in june but the combination of our trip to Chicago and buying the house and moving and then the bridge course, it's just kind of like I haven't had the mental space to really just do that stuff. It's like I've been just either writing code, managing this crap, teaching these bridge or TA, helping TA these kids, creating, you know, it's just like, I'm like, all right, so once the bridge class is over at the end of this month, then I'm going to have to really do this for real. Yeah. But, um, but that's one of the things I've been just trying to do is, is, uh, yeah, it yeah, takes longer than you expect. And, yeah. You, you you have to be confident as well. You have to be quite confident in the product, you know, for it to be, for it, for you to even consider, oh, it's going to earn 20 or 30 grand a month. You have to be, feel like you, that you've gone through the first users, you know? Yeah. Like you, yeah. when you launch it, you're going to be like, oh, no, the, like the, 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 you know, the house is collapsing. I've got to fix this. I've got to fix this. I've got to make this work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, the, that's, that's, that's. Yeah, no, I have to go through all those phases. <laughs> you know, it's interesting though. I was talking, I was, you know, have you, um, have you, have you listened to the podcast Masters of Scale? I haven't. No, Reed no. Hoffman? Yeah, no, no. I haven't, okay, no. that's a must, that's a must listen. Oh, okay. Everybody, if you're doing startups of any kind, Masters of Scale hosted by Reed Hoffman is a must listen. It is really good. Um, and there was one, the one on Airbnb was fantastic. I and mean, we, we kind of know the story about how, you know, Paul Graham was like, do things that don't scale, go to New yeah. York, get to know you, go sleep on the couches of your users, like photograph their units themselves, do all that kind of stuff. And that's, that's how they really got to know their users, right? And they went in to see this one guy and the guy said, hey, do you have any feedback for us? And he went and got his notebook and just had pages and pages of notes. You should have a profile and you should have this. And they're just like, <laughs> holy crap, this is our roadmap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um and you know that stuff is like, you know, focus on your first users. Focus stay stay small. You got to think small before you can go big. Don't worry about scaling. Just, you know, mm -hmm. get things right. And there was a another podcast that wasn't even 
I think it was much later, was the interview with um, Sam Altman from Y Combinator. He runs Y Combinator. And one thing that he said, which was fantastic, and it was very similar, but isn't quite what they, they didn't say it in quite the right way, or quite the same way in the actual, in the, in the episode on uh, Airbnb. He's like, the problem is when you try and scale when people like your product and they don't love it, it doesn't work very well. You have to spend a fortune on it. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's hard to change your product once you are at some kind of scale. So if you get to scale because you just spend a bunch of money on marketing. Yeah. And it's a, it's a which product. Is, which is what everyone, which is what they do in Silicon Valley, right? So they get it to where you like. Everybody's in like, people are in like with it. They're in love with it. They're not immediately feeling like, oh God, I got to tell my friends what this is so awesome. Yeah. It's sort of like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's good. Well, then you have to spend a fortune continually spend a fortune on marketing to get track new users. The word of mouth is not working in your favor because he's like saying, once you get to scale, the only thing that really works is word of mouth. That's the real marketing. And secondly, the bigger you are, the harder it is to change a product because there's natural resistance in the company in terms of like, well, how do we integrate these features and how do we scale it and how do we support it? You can make all those changes early. So what you want to do is you don't want to rush to scale early until you get uh, 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 the right customers to love it. Focus on making it your, you know, to Airbnb, your 10-star experience or your 7-star experience. Like, how do I get it? So it's like, you know, all right, people love it. They just, they, and then they're telling other friends about it. And you get it at that point. If they don't, if you don't get it at that point, you need to stay focused on the product. You don't need to focus on like, you know, how do I, how do I create some growth hack? It's the growth hack is building a great product that people love because the people who love it will then tell other people. I mean, that is the underlying philosophy behind Nugget. That's literally what the whole point of it is. Yeah. Is that's why there's 70 lessons to get you to picking your idea mm -hmm. because it's like really working super hard to get you building something that people actually want. And then you go ahead and you get a seed group and you work with that seed group and you get, it's exactly what you're saying, just really, really deep Finding, feedback. Finding, getting them to love it. Yeah. And, yeah. So yeah. Th those, those, you should, I mean, you would enjoy those episodes. I mean, you probably just reaffirm stuff that you already know and are talking about Nugget, but you know, who knows, maybe we'll say one thing here or there. You're like, that's a great thing. I read a lesson on that or I going to fill out a lesson on that because they're great. Well, it sounds like I want to get this, um, this, this Airbnb episode and basically just plug that right into the seed group lesson. Why you need a seed group. Basically, this these are your yes, and and then one was Sam Altman too. Actually, I sent that to Alex, uh, who's the, the the director of content. I said, listen to this twice, because I because I call this them twice. I call them seed, your seed group, and then I call them super seeds, which are where basically these are the guys who guys and girls who basically want to vicariously live through you and are so invested in you, they want you to be successful, and you need these you need these guys. That's exactly this guy who wrote ten pages of notes. That's exactly what that guy is. But you know, you know, he really wants them to be successful, and he's he's invested in their story now. That's right. But what's really interesting. So the, what's what's really so these pot these these episodes are really highly produced. So it's like it's not just him interviewing people. It's like he's cutting way to his commentary, and then they go back to like these people talking. It's kind of like a yeah. It's it's it's, it's a very professionally done. And 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 he he cuts away and he talks about his experience with LinkedIn. And he's like, you know, he's like, actually, however, you have to be careful because, you you know, and sometimes your initial users are not your ultimate users, but they will help you get there. 
but if you listen to the wrong group of people, you're screwed. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, we had a group of early users at LinkedIn who were, they were called like, it was something like the, they had a term for it, like an acronym, and it was something like the open network, so like anyone can link to anyone. And he's like, these people were absolutely convinced that that was the future of social network. Anyone can link to anybody. Anybody could link to Bill Gates, regardless if Bill Gates wanted to, and Bill, Bill Gates, so now you have a direct link, and it's like this very egalitarian, open, free-for-all, and had they listened, had they done that, it wouldn't have worked at all, because, you know, Bill Gates does not have time to have a direct, have everybody directly connecting and communicating with him, right? And so they shut that down. Now those people thought that that was a horrible idea and that they were gonna, and that LinkedIn was gonna fail because they were not doing what their particular tribe of people wanted to see realized, right? So that was an interesting thing. It's like, okay, you still have to yeah. be selective about I've literally got that in the course. You got that? I literally okay. got that in the course, okay. and like, and something else. Just, just, just want to say something else yeah, is, no, is that um, people, it's there's a, a very serious risk of turning into a glorified consultant, right? Because you're listening to what these people say. You really like them. They're asking for things, but it's just you've really got to qualify. Does this meet more than that person's need? Yeah. Does who this are, meet who, everyone's need? Like who? Like for instance, um, uh. So Alex, the director of contact, he, he said, hey, he's like, you know, I was thinking about take tutoring one kid. It might be really useful. Someone contacted me about it. And he's like, I'm, I'm, I've never used the software as a instructor. And he said, it might be useful. And he's like, do you mind? I'm like, yeah, go ahead. That'd be great. Great experience. You know, because you, you, you oversee the writing of these tutorials and stuff, but you've never actually used it. And then he comes back. He's like, oh, my God, that was so useful. Like, everything was graded. And I saw what they were weak in and what they're strong in. And it wasn't overly repetitive in certain types of problems. He's like, that was awesome. But which was a cool yeah. validation to hear that. Of course, that felt great. But now he's like, maybe he's like, should we tell all the content developers who happen to tutor and stuff? Because a lot of math people tutor. Sometimes it's a lot of money and someone so asks for help. So turning it into a tutoring platform. Kind but of I'm like, so I'm like, yeah, so, okay. That could be a really good segment of users that get us from A to B. Am I like, hey, okay, maybe we go, maybe, you know, our initial, it isn't like hitting parents, it's hitting tutors because tutors are like bumble, you know, bees. Like they pollinate, they, yeah, they have yeah. five or seven students and they have other friends of theirs who TA. It's kind of like a B2B, almost like a B2B strategy, but not. You're like, it's, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. and but they're not the ones paying for it. Yeah, right. Uh, they're that, like just saying. I so hate we, those business models where you. Oh, this, I've been involved with so many of those where you're not direct. You're the people who you're making something for are like three times removed from the people who end up paying for it. That yeah. makes life fucking. But difficult. I, but so I don't know. I mean, I'm like so. But maybe reaching out and making it visible to TA to to the people who tutor. They have a the channel. They're a channel that yeah. might be a channel. I don't know. It just occurred to me. I was listening yeah. to the po a podcast. I was kind of thinking about it and I was thinking Alex said, and I'm like, huh, yeah, may maybe that's not true. Maybe it is true, but maybe like our, one of our, we, we try and get like a hundred tutors around the country, around the world, TAing, you know, an average of three kids. And, you know, I mean, maybe that's like, maybe that's step one or whatever, you know, like what is our, you know, because the reality is if like, because it's, I'm not going to, it's not going to be like a cheapo thing. I mean, I think it, it's going to be well, like. Well, see, there, there's a great example. Like if you do go down that avenue, right, there's a classic example of how that is going to mold your product. Because tutors are going to start wanting things like, you know, chat 
chat stuff involved. They're going to start wanting video. They're going to start wanting all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so you figure like, okay, is this a big enough, is, are these generalized tools that we're going to want everyone to use? It's kind of think, well, instructors are going to want that or self-learning people are going to want that. Or is it something that's very, very specific to this market? Now, if we if we give it into this market and it, it isn't something that's going to integrate well with the product, is it something that we're willing to make that trade-off in the short term? Because for the first 18 months, those might be enough to get us to break even just by themselves. And that's the most important thing. You know, I mean, this it's mm-hmm. I mean, you know, these things are like these are gonna, these are just thoughts. And I have yeah. these are things we have to think harder about and experiment. And I don't know enough yet until we start doing it. But um, but just in terms of early users. You know, I think tutors would be a a great. Uh, r- remind me to send you a link. There's um, there's there's a company that make an API that that make it really easy to build that. You know, build the the comms. Like they've got all the web RTC web RTC stuff sorted out, and you can kind of plug into them, and they're not. Oh very yeah, expensive. there's a couple of um. I like here. There's like there's two or three like platforms yeah so you can just Open so you can just build or... on top of the, these guys and they're from like sweden or something yeah yeah i saw that they have like an api and yeah can, and they, so and, could... and they're specifically for tutoring like they, they they've built the whole thing around that well i asked my kids i was like how would you guys like it if we had like a virtual ta where like they were like yes because there's so many often times that like they would love a little help yeah like I get most of it, but I'm stuck on this thing, or I'm not sure about this thing. But they can't get to the TA session because they got soccer practice or gymnastics, or the mom has a meeting and can't get them to it, right? Yeah. And they can't get to TA set TA session, for instance, or whatever. But if you had, um, if it built in, and we could schedule kind of office hours, and like three or four kids can be, or ten kids, or you have like a classroom. I mean, it scales to classrooms, right? Yeah. Like I kind of was thinking this idea of like. You know, these are all things I was just brainstorming yesterday. I was just writing down. It's like, okay, what if you say, like, we could schedule specific classes. You can jump in on a class. Or you could say, like, I want to learn linear algebra. Who wants to learn it with me? And if you get an X number of group of people with, then you get automatically upgraded to a premium. And you get a TA session once a week or twice a week. You know, you, get, mm-hmm. you bring in so many people, then you can, you know, have TA sessions Batches. or whatever. Batches. Yeah, yeah. yeah batches. batches uh, cohorts. Do, yeah, yeah, keep cohorts. it small. Like, like uh, there was a great um, there was a great article that I was reading from Ed Search. It said that the, because you know how MOOCs have basically failed. Mm. You know, like massive, you know, massively well, online yeah, yeah. learning stuff. So basically, part of the reason they fail is because if you think about what really works, it's like you know people learning in coffee shops and you know like small study groups Working and all this in. kind of stuff. So this so this author was didn't have any examples, but was saying you know maybe the next wave of like online tools or stuff that somehow create those kind of like small learning experiences in big platforms, which is pretty much exactly what we're doing with Nugget with the batches. And that is what we need to do. That's what you could do as well. Right. So yeah, I think, I think there's a lot to be said for learning with other people forming groups, mm-hmm. um, spontaneous groups. I think it could even be a growth hacking thing where it's like invite other people, hey, learn it with someone else. You know, they get a discount, you get upgraded to premium with TA time, you know, whatever. Um, I mean, every time I wanted to learn something, it was, it was, I was always, I would always try and get someone to do it with me. Like, let's do this. And people have done that to me a number of times. Like, hey, let's teach ourselves this thing, especially with something hard like math. It's really hard to go it alone, but it's, if you have someone else who's, motivated and bright then it's like okay i think together we could figure this out you know um 
Anyway, I'm excited about it. There's a ton of things we could do. There's a ton to do. I still haven't decided whether I'm going to raise money from some people or I'm just going to go it alone. Mm -hmm. So this is still stuff that is for TBD. Um, the good news is that the prog product is in making a lot of uh, rapid progress, both um, in terms of the software as well as the uh, content. I mean, I think yeah. we average like six to 700 new questions a week, fully worked out solutions and tutorial, you know, I don't know, however many tutorials are written every week and... You know. Who's consuming 700 questions? Jesus, like, well, it doesn't mean that, I mean, they're just added in. Like, here's a new topic, you know, 20 questions. Here's another topic, 20 more questions, 10 more questions. We're just building stuff out, identifying holes. Oh, geez, we don't have graph translations of logarithmic function. Okay, we need to be solving, simplifying trigonometric identities using the double angle formula. Okay, we need to do it with that. Make sure we more emphasize this. There needs to be a yeah, separate but who's, topic. Who's looking at that? Um, well, I mean, a lot of it is being used by the bridge course kids, uh, you know, they're going through it and I'm just like me going, Hey, Alex, I need topics on this, 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 and this, and I need them like soon. And then they'll wait, be wait, 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 wait. So, so you, did you teach that stuff to the other kids? Yeah. But that wasn't in the platform. Sometimes I didn't cover it yeah. as well as I should have, because it wasn't supported on the platform. A lot of times I'd be like, well, there's no tutorial on this, but so I'm just going to do it in class. It's going to go on the, do it on the flight. Got you it. know, and yeah. I, that's one thing I didn't realize. Like, I, I didn't realize how few topics that I covered last year. Well, not how few. I, I probably more than half had topics, but still a lot didn't have. I mean, a lot of the topics did not have a written tutorial. So the kids could go home and, geez, I can't remember how to do this. And if I can go read a one two-page tutorial explain it then they were kind of like struggling so actually this bridge group's been really helpful because it it's helped you rethink the content it does that and it forces you to get real shit done yeah. well you know what thing i had alex read i had him read the ebook from 37 signals called getting real yeah you know i said look was that their first yeah first e um was well, the first ebook they wrote a book called defensive web design i think years and years ago but um getting real and then there was like remote and then there was a rework i yeah, think okay, yeah. but i said i said look here's the thing i was like there's any number of of, of features we can build and, and there's any number and there's as well as content that we can develop we got to get real we got to focus on the shit that matters mm -hmm. you know and what matters is stuff that's real that people are using and that we can put to use now not what we imagine people are going to want or use that's that is that you might be right but often quite often you're not right and then, of course, it ends up being wasted content or wasted technology. And it and it's worse than that because it's not like, well, we spend this money and time on something when we use it. But now it's part of the thing. And then it's just like, well, do we get rid of it or do we not? And you're constantly anguishing over, like, do we uh, do we somehow leverage it well, somehow? Here's the thing. You should always try and ax whatever you can. Right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, so if you can ax stuff. No, I mean, even if it's in your product and it's wrong, yeah, just yeah. ax it. Don't be afraid. But it's just. It's shoot e that shit out of the water. It's easier not to have built it in the first place. Oh yeah, totally. And in the I easiest couldn't way, more. couldn't agree more. Yeah. In the easiest way not to build the wrong stuff is to focus on building stuff that's really painful that it doesn't exist yet. And that's when I, that's the that's the way the software has been developed mostly is like me going, God, I can't believe I am doing this by hand. Yeah. I can't believe I'm assigning these yeah. topics manually. Yeah. It takes me so much time. I have three bridge courses, three separate bridge classes. And every time to go through and I'm linking through, I'm like, well, it's this and that. It, but that's it, still admin stuff. Yeah, but it's still a nightmare for me. Yeah. It burns an hour of my time at least Got every so you're, single so you're, day. So that's a different issue to to building the right product for the end user. That's just building the right thing that doesn't kill your time. But 
next year, it's not for every instructor to order, and actually for the, the, the system to work really well, to guarantee it works really well, is to have it built in. There's an autopilot there, right? Yeah. That the autopilot says, okay, and because every kid has their own learning curve, right? Every kid is struggling with things. Oh, yeah, no, it's great. I mean, I, I, I love that. The, look, so, that's a good reason to build adaptive learning software, but I think that it, it has its own merits in its own right. Like I've always spoken to you. I mean, for years I've been saying, wow, adaptive learning software, that's yeah, incredible. That's that is an incredible concept. Yeah. Like that is amazing. But yeah, it also means you don't have to do as much work, which is great. Right. So from your perspective. So the getting, anyway, which is funny to have him written, because I mean, he's not a software developer. The yeah. book's a little longer than tooth, but it's everything applies. I said, just read this. And he was just like, man, like you're absolutely right. And I said, we need to, because I was like, screw the this the the all the meta work make real stuff one thing is like screw the tables and the documents and it's just like just do this do this now don't plan stuff out for a lot of time just do the stuff because i saw him he did do a lot of it but there's always a little you often people are tempted to doing into doing a lot of meta work and it just burns and it's just okay so you create this document now what what where you is really useful now a lot of times it's not it's like you know it'd be really work if you actually wrote a tutorial or, or built this feature that would have moved the needle not spending you know a day and a half on the on a stupid um spreadsheet analyzing some things or writing a big to-do document i mean it's just like just do this mm -hmm. and so anyway i mean i also had the guy you know that one startup i'm helping out um data vest and i had the uh, developer that we hired i said read getting real like you have to read this now and he's like, yeah, it makes sense. So everything we're doing is from those principles. And um, and it's working very very much so on this project. In this project, we're spending very little money and we're making incredible progress on the app. And then we hire a, a, a blockchain developer to build the smart contracts. And everything is according to this principle. No meta work, no bullshit, no unnecessary meetings, you know, none of that stuff. It's like, I don't want to talk. I just want to just Slack. You got to ask me a question on Slack. You know, go back and forth, one or two sentences, that's it. Like, we don't have to have, you can turn, you can very easily turn what would be three, two or three back and forth in Slack into a an hour-long conversation. Mm -hmm. Easy. And vice versa. So just make it that. Vice versa. Because there are some times where you're like just... Oh, laboriously going backwards and, and forwards can't. on Slack and it should be a phone conversation. Well, you get it done in five minutes. Well, that, that's fine when it does, but, but quite often what I mean is... You have an hour conversation, you're like, really, this was like three Slack messages, you know, right? How often does that happen to you? You realize that in the end, not a ton of content was communicated, um, you know, and, and, and it wasn't even as, speci as specific as it would be if I wrote it in a Slack message. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so, and, uh, but you can, but it, what I'm also saying is that you can say, the other way is like, we can start a Slack and we take it offline. You know, it can it can blow up if you get on as soon as you get a phone call, it can blow up to an hour, just because the way humans are. Yeah. And then you're just like, well, that was an hour. That was fun, I guess, but like, <laughs> I just, you know, kind of wasted an hour. So, mm. anyway, let's let's talk Nugget. We've we've that's in a that's sure. a big one. All right. Um, so it launched. Because I hadn't launched the last time we spoke. Okay, right. Yeah. The course, yeah, yeah the, okay. the, the, the like new the, version two oh. Yeah, yeah the, the, the Alpha Dogs batch had not started, mm -hmm. so it launched with the Alpha Dogs batch. That was thirteen people, and that launched on June tenth, which is uh, one month and five days ago. So we've had thirteen people spending, you know, a month on it. 
And we've launched the second batch now, which is the Beta Cats. They've got 10 <laughs> members. Alpha Dogs and Beta Cats. Um, the Alpha Dogs, uh, the revenue that was made from them was uh, $3,211. Nice. For a month? For that. Just for that. Or, that's just one, one time or, payment. It's okay. not a monthly thing. Okay. So basically it's you pay this money and you have access to this for life. Okay. Yeah. So then the Beta Cats, um, the revenue is 2470 because what, what, what I want to try and build up to is two things here. I want to try and build up to a price point of somewhere between two and 5000 for people to join. It used to be 2000 until I've seen the value that people are getting out of it. And I'm thinking, mm, actually, I think I can go higher with this. Um, so that's one thing. And then the second thing is I want to kind of go onto this rolling batch thing. So maybe ultimately work up to one batch a week if possible. So you're not going to have any recurring revenue with people. It's, all, it's always going to be a one-time payment. Well, there may be recurring revenue, but for different for for different things. I mean, so I've kind of made this decision that I've looked at how it's worked, you know, how everything's worked, um, and recurring revenue seems like really difficult in this space okay. with these kinds of people, with this specific type of customer. Okay. But they are really up for paying a one-time fee for getting the okay. the the you know the 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 end result. It's not really a tool in the same way as something like Plugio. Yeah, no, that's fine. Funny yeah, thing about fine. Plugio was the same customers are paying like, you know, five years later, you know, and that's because it's a tool. Yeah, well, you can't force a, you can't force a pricing structure. You know, you have to kind of go with the grain of what your product right, is right. and how it's used. I mean, sometimes you have some latitude, things you can do with it, but, you know, education oftentimes is like you're paying for a course or a class or whatever. Now... For Math Academy, I could probably do a monthly fee because there might be a whole bunch of courses and you want to have access to There's so to much it. content. Yeah. So I'm I'm thinking more along the lines of um, uh, ARPU, average revenue per user. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. And I'm I'm thinking I want to get that that number up to, LTV basically. Long-time I want to get that lifetime value up to two thousand, which is like so much more than it was with um anything i've done before with nugget before this kind of course so already i mean i'm already hitting the same ltv values that i was for the other product even just with this like so 240 bucks is already more than i was earning you launch a new cohort how often well i don't know but the plan is every week you know and so when it when when do these two cohorts launch or batches you call them uh well the the batch batch number one launched on uh june 10 and batch number two launched on July 15, 14. Okay, so six weeks right now. June 10th, you said? Yeah, June. No, it's one month apart, basically. One month. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I can get it. I mean, I just I just need to do the content marketing, get people coming in. Yeah, yeah, And create, yeah. create the funnel and, you know, work out the conversions. And my, yeah. my plan is is to is to sell, you know, uh, some between 250 and 500 per year at, at a $2,000 price point. That's the plan. Okay. I mean, that's got to be a good business. That's where I'm working towards. Well, I mean, you don't have to get there right away, but even if it takes you three years to get there, you'll yeah. be off hard of the way there. And, right. y- you know, I mean. But having said that, like some, some things, one thing has slightly changed, which is that, let me, this is where I want to show you this, this page right now, this mock-up here. I'm just going to quickly show Jason a mock-up. Or should I go, should I give more details about, what's happened with the academy members before don't worry about it just 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 explain it just just on the air what what it is 
Okay, so I'll just show you quickly here. So this is just a mock-up of the sales page. So right now the Startup Academy page um, is just some text that just kind of some slight overview of the concept. Uh -huh. But I'm starting to understand how I want to market this. And so this is what it's going to look like. So basically here you can see it says a startup incubator, your terms, your pace. Right. So stop launching failed products, learn how to discover, validate, and build, and launch a profitable side project. So basically, then I've got these four main kind of drivers, incubator. So it's like a, a purpose-built platform to create an online batch-based incubator experience. Right. A methodology, so self-paced step-by-step process to discover, validate, and launch a profitable side project. Batches, a batch of 10 founders to work alongside as you move towards your common goal. And then the platform with the ideas, 3,700 ideas. And then here's the reviews from the, from the first batch. And this is why the Academy rocks. Mm. And here's a deep dive into the Academy. And then um, here's a, a way to get into the framework. And then finally, I'm going to do what I want to do is the next thing is something a bit like a Kickstarter. Mm. Not exactly Kickstarter, but I'm going to open the doors for one week for people to come in at that $447 price point. And they'll be able to see a deep dive in the video about this. Yeah. So I'm kind of going to try and push this to product hunt the academy. And, and my thinking about it is this, is you know how, you know how like I really would like a Tesla and I go into a Tesla showroom mm -hmm. and so I buy a Tesla key ring. Okay. I think a lot of people out there want to be in a startup incubator. Okay. And I think that, I think that that's a kind of a big driver and it'd be really awesome feeling to do something like that. And you, it's really difficult to get into Y Combinator. It's really difficult to get into Techstars or any of these other places. Right. So here's something that's online that's kind of like a keyring version, right. <laughs> sort of like a keyring. I don't want to minimize it that much, right. but just that it's like a, it's kind of following that classic disruption theory. You know, it's it's kind of worse and cheaper. Yeah, you know? exactly, exactly. That's yeah. cool. So that's what I'm thinking about moving towards there. What, um, so how are you getting, how are you finding your users? customers oh well well so far i mean i've got a mailing list of about ten thousand people at this stage wow and that's been built through different content marketing different product hunt launches and things like that of from nugget over the of, years of nugget yeah and so do you have a bunch of people who are kind of interested in the next batch are you building that batch up or how how's that going are people well i mean every so the the, the those two batches are, are from those lists you know so but but i think the the, the first 23 people in in two batches you know two batches of or 10 they've they've kind of really taken a big risk mm -hmm. they've basically barely known anything about what's behind there because yeah. it's just like this page and that's great but now i've got a lot more information to show i can go much deeper in i can show what you know what uh, success people are having and things like that yeah so so what i'm asking though is like for your third batch which you would launch in say another month i guess maybe at this well point. i want to open it for a week and what i want to do is i want to i'm going to open it and say anyone can sign up so if a thousand people sign up that's fine. A thousand people can sign up and pay $447 and they will be part of a 10 person batch, but, um, I will queue the batches up. So I'll release them in batches of 10 and I'll, I'll, I'll do it as quickly as possible. It's like, it's like Tesla model three. I'll fix, make the production line as, okay. as fast as possible. So, but in terms of getting those people, it's going to be the 10,000 people on the mailing list and it's going to be a new push, um, to product hunt, and then I'm going to use Facebook marketing to get people in there as well. But just for that week, I don't care if I get 10 people and I'm very happy if I get a thousand people. Right. But it's going to be open for a week to anyone who wants to get in at that $447 right. price point. Cool.
Yeah. Cool. So that's what I'm thinking. I like about. it. I like the direction. It sounds like, uh, well, I mean, the fact that you have people paying, that's real validation. Um, do you want to very, I know we've got people coming into the house now, so we could just do a quick wrap up of uh, how it's going for the yeah. existing batch. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's the so batch one, they're a month in. Um, there's 13 members, um, 100% participation, um, which is great. Well, they put um, their money down, so it would be kind of silly <laughs> if they paid well, two or three thousand dollars and they didn't do anything. Well, it's just two hundred forty-seven dollars, right? Oh, for the, for the right. first batch. Oh, yeah, right, right. It's two hundred forty-seven dollars right. for the first two batches, then four hundred forty-seven dollars for this for the and they've they've paid and they're in. The next group of people, I'm going to open it for a week and I'm going to let anyone sign up for four hundred forty-seven dollars, yeah. and then I'm going to after that I'm going to like learn and then move it to the nine hundred forty-seven dollar price point. Open it up again, get more people in, then learn. I'm I'm working my way up towards a two thousand dollar price point. I need more data points. I need more people in there. So the people coming in earlier on are like they're paying a lot less. Right, right, yeah. right. Uh, but yeah, so hundred percent participation on a two hundred forty seven dollar price point. Yeah, so that's still good. Fifty um, percent of them are making real headway, getting past stage five out of twelve stages. And um, four of them are in full val- full validation uh, with product ideas and landing pages. That's what stage? Uh, that is stage seven. Of 12. Seven of 12, yeah. So basically, they have created a landing page. They have, uh, they're, they're marketing and they're getting, talking to people. Like they're getting people into- the Customer development. It, yeah, they're basically going through their customer development cycle. And they're really doing it. And they're really speaking to people. And one person- uh, Chris Franklin, um, his product, he's hes the kind of the leader right now. The, the product that he finally came up with after going through all of the process is basically this product that um, it's a course to help you get a job at one of the top tier tech companies, mm-hmm. Google, Facebook, Amazon. And, um, you know, one of the things that I teach is how to how to do branding. I have to show you this lesson, actually, because, you know, you're you're one of the inspirations behind it. But it's the name, the name, the generic. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I've, I've crossed, I, I teach the name, the generic. And then I also teach another thing called the center of the onion. So you, you kind of combine these two concepts and you come up with a great brand. Anyway, his brand is uh, Get Upgraded. Get Upgraded. Get Upgraded. Yeah. yeah okay. Which is a pretty good brand, right? So getupgraded.io. Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, and he's, he's already basically had, uh, I don't know, 15, 20 discussions and he's at the point where five people have said, and he's, he's worked with them to help him define the outline. He said, what do you really need to learn? What do you, so it's kind of like getting real, like he's speaking to these people and he's saying, what do you need to learn? And it's not necessarily what he thought they needed to learn. He's finding out. So he's created a course outline and he's basically pre-sold it to five of these people who are like, yep, I'm going to pay, I'll pay you. I want it. So he's now building the first three. So, so when he's finding out what you need to learn, he's talking to who to find that out? Well, first of all, so, so, the, so the kind of process. The hiring what, managers at these companies or what? No, no, the, no, no. He's talking to people who are looking for jobs. Yeah. But how does he know what they need to learn? Oh, he's saying you need to know these things, but he's finding out talking to people like they, they, they feel they don't know these. Exactly. Things. Yeah. I see. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So he's doing customer development. So they're saying. I just don't know how to do a good resume to get a, to even get in the door. You know, they're saying, I don't know how to answer like uh, when when they're shooting questions at me about math, like or about coding. I just don't know how to approach how well, to approach what, that stuff. Well, what about I don't want to get totally off topic here, but like I remember this one. I remember this. This has probably happened a number of times, but I remember this one in particular where this guy wrote like 
all the list of all the things he studied to prepare for his Google interview. And it was like, he spent like a year or whatever learning like, you know, Linux skills and his SQL <laughs> skills and his data structure algorithm skills. And it was just like all that kind of stuff. Like if he actually came through for each of the type of, these are the type of roles here are like checklists of the things you need to know. And here's a link to the resources. Okay. You, how's your Linux foo? Okay. How is your, um, you know, whatever, like we said, SQL or how is your, like, you need to know these things and here are the 40 topics of things you need to know. And, um, you know, here are links to each one and, you know, specifically, in fact, you could even, if you went further, you have like, here's a little mini, like five, five test questions for each one to see if you, if you really know it or not. I mean, there's so many things you could do with that. There's a lot, and, and but it's so the, the beautiful thing about what he's doing is he's he's actually working with people who have this need and who want to buy this right now, mm -hmm. and he's he's working with them to help him define what the course structure is, and he's basically already set up his Teachable uh, account and he's he's completed his first module, and he's when he's completed modules two and three of like I think he's got twenty modules listed out. Would you say what's Teachable? Teachable is a website that lets you build courses online and sell them. And they've, they basically, yeah. everything's plugged, everything's set up. All you do is you create a Stripe account, you plug in your, your key and you can start selling courses, you know, and they just give you content editing tools. So he's building that. And, um, like I said, he's got five people who are just ready to go. They're like, yep, I want to buy it as soon as you, so what he's going to do is he's going to sell it to them. He's going to do a similar thing to what I'm doing with Nugget. Yeah. He's going to sell it to them for like 50 bucks entry. And then they can see the content pop into existence as they stay in there and give them feedback about that. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's one person who's basically... But but also key here is is that he's super passionate about it. Like, it's really something he wants to do because it's just something that really fits his personality. Yeah, yeah. You know, so he's kind of got to that. Anyway, there's three there's three other guys and uh, who've got to this level as well. Any women or is it all men so far? Uh, there's one woman one woman okay um but she's she's not hasn't progressed very far in the course okay so do you have do you have butt kickers that in, in built in automated butt kickers well like, i'm so oh, glad I... you said that i'm so glad you said that because we just launched this system where um basically for every single lesson there is i've i've built a system where it's called i call it the nudge system so basically if you don't if you don't view that lesson for x amount of time it'll send you one email, which is very specific to that lesson. And then if you don't view it for another X amount of time, it'll send you a second email. So basically the entire course has these nudges that are sent from me. They look like it's from me. It's like, I'm like, I'm everywhere. Yeah. I'm watching you, you know? And I'm basically saying, look, you know, you, you need to finish this because like you've only got one more lesson after this and then you're in the next stage. You know what I mean? So yeah, I've just, just pushed that out. Good. So that's, that's great. That's well, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. That's, you know, Real money. That's, real money. That's a real launch with real money. I think, uh, yeah, by the next update, we should probably have at least another batch or two mm -hmm. by then. Well, by, hopefully mo by money, the next... Mo money, mo money, mo money. I mean, by the next update, <laughs> I should have should have gone through the next product launch and the, you know, the whole repositioning it as, a, as an online incubator. You know, see, here's the thing, too. I think, like, as you're learning, you can keep refining the product, right? Like, you know, maybe instead of 12 stages, maybe there are 15 or maybe there are 11 stages. And how do you build out? Like you can pre go through and you kind of do a postmortem yeah. with each batch. Which which stages did you find were not well-defined or where the resources weren't as good or where the tools to help you weren't, whatever it was. And so the reality is that you can charge more, not just because it's more demand, but because there actually is more value, right? There is, exactly. And, and you probably can have... 
you'll probably end up able to, I mean, you'll, this will have to run for a while, but you'll have to have success rates from yes. the badges. Yeah. But, you know, like, okay, we have, you know, you know, if you say, well, 63% of the people who go through the course to complete it and launch a real product. Like that's huge, right? People pay a lot of money. You can get me to a point where I'm launching a real product for customers and 42% hit, you know, plus $5,000 of revenue within six months. And, to, you know, like you get those I kind mean, of things. If you get anything like that, because there's no course on this planet that has those kind of I'm just, percentages. Yeah, but I'm just making that if, up. If but, I get like that, then it's like, that's lighting in a bottle. But so, so, so <laughs> those percentages. Yeah. So, <laughs> but the, but like by by continuing to refine your course every batch going through and that's why i think you know i mean i'm assuming you wanted you're planning on doing that but i would really just focus on you know saying look everything could be better because that's mm -hmm. what i tell i you yeah, know i tell Alex, I agree, like, yeah. every topic can be better every tutorial can be better every module can be better like i want every time we come back through it with a critical eye and go what do we not is this awesome? Is this literally the best presentation of this material in the most succinct, clear way, the best examples and the best order we could possibly imagine? If not, then we need to fix it. I and they continue. Yeah. So keep going back. And and but if you do that, eventually your content will be honed yeah. to a fine sheen. I mean, it'll just be so clean and so succinct and so on point that it will be worth thousands of dollars, not hundreds of dollars. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And um and not only that, if it's if it's a it'll 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 probably come as some talk to the point that you know it, you run into limitations in human behavior and getting people actually getting stuff bring stuff to fruition, but you get a point like, like you said where we hit some numbers, or you hit some numbers that are that are so compelling that it's just going to sell itself in a sense. It's just going to be yeah. like, look, you know, um, it doesn't matter where you live. You know, you don't have to live in an incubator. It doesn't matter kind of what you're doing with your life. You know, you can do this. Well, my goal, my I guess my goal is, is to make it the first pass for anyone thinking about doing a startup. Like, basically, you should, that's, that's your first learning experience about startups. Mm -hmm. Because it's just the most kind of logical and sensible and caught up in that way. So that's the long, you know, the and, and the market's huge. I mean, you know, there's... In total, we're probably talking like 50 million people because it's not just developers. The developers is like a 20 million people market, but it's also designers, project managers. Like this course is not specific to people who are in, you know, doing design. It's specific to anyone who wants to start a startup, yeah. start a, a side hustle, basically. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I mean, well, because you, you can have startups that are just like a, you know, quote unquote side hustle. It's just a little yeah. thing that brings in $1,500 a month. Mm -hmm. But the plenty of people are like, look, I want to replace my income. Or in fact, I want to create something that blows oh, up yeah. and is making $10 million a year. I'm not like, limited. I'm, I certainly don't want to limit it to just people thinking, oh, this is just something that's going to be some side, you know, side income. Like I definitely am angling it to, to work for people who want to, because I think it's the same thing. Like look at Drip, you know? Drip basically is something that would could have easily been an idea that get created out of something like at the Nugget course. Well, another thing you could do, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Another thing you could do is like later on is you have your own like if people graduate and then you actually could have your own investor network that helps support it, or even yourself. You say, look, you make enough money and say, hey, you know, we take the best 
idea, sometimes the best two ideas each batch, and we throw in 30 grand or 50 grand or something. Way, like that. way ahead of you, but I didn't want to bring it up yet because I felt like it was, you know, too yeah. early. But yeah, I'm totally but yeah, thinking I mean, that. you totally could. Yeah, I mean, there's I'm, so I'm many thinking, different levels that you could build on this. I'm thinking like, just like, the disruption theory behind, you know, kind of behind the scenes coming coming from behind you, like version of, you know, textiles or Y Combinator, like the one that no one took seriously. And then all of a sudden one day it's like, huh. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. We have, yeah, we have so many startups <laughs> and so many. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. I mean, so Paul Graham, when he started Y Combinator, his theory was that, you know, there are a lot of these young tech people who he felt were undervalued. These people who are out of college or just out of college who can actually build real stuff and build companies. That's who he felt was undervalued. They're not going to get funded by VCs. And so he's like, that's what I think is undervalued. But what is being underserved still with Y Combinator's other incubators is that if you don't have to be in Silicon Valley or one of these major tech hubs um, or you can't afford to quit your full-time job, they can't do it. So it's a huge market. Right. Oh yeah. There's a huge amount of people but, who want to do this, who can't, who like get you know going and doing a full time thing at Y Combinator, and even the people who, and there are probably people who who just. But it's more. It's more than that because it's like fifty thousand people apply to be in Y Combinator, if not more. Exactly. And only you know a couple of you know less than a hundred selected. So, you know, it's it's it's. You could also create a support alumni network, so you could end up having exactly coaches. Have so it's like. Network people who have graduated from your thing and it's already happening chris is already chris is is, is already coaching people in previous stages so like, he's finding that fun and yeah and, and i'm already seeing other people do that as well so that it's totally going to go in that direction yeah that's cool yeah so you must be in hog heaven i don't right? know about hog heaven but i'm like i'm i'm excited for the future of but it i mean like, you're 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 i mean well, what i mean is or why i said that is because this is the stuff that you love yeah this I mean, is it's it's not any given one startup. It's the startup process, which you love. You've always talked about, right? And now you're really you're building something so that you can be doing. And you always been talking. You've been talking to me. Ah, oh, you know, we start our own accelerator. We do this. And you've always kind of yeah. learned different ways of doing that. I mean, you've been saying this for you know as long <laughs> as I've known you, right? <laughs> it's an obsession. Well, in fact, one of the one of the lessons in there is is to find ideas from within. And I've showed you this. I showed you this lesson. You know, you're in there. Like you're one of the one of the few people I know who've done this, who really just focused on the on the fuck yeah in life. And then when you've seen something like that, that can somehow fit into a business, you're like, okay, I'm jumping on that. And I'm just doing it. That's where Math Academy comes from. And it's exactly yeah. the same I, for me with Nugget. I think about Math Academy constantly. I think about it as the first thing I think up in the morning. Sometimes I don't get enough sleep because if I, if I get up to go to the bathroom or something at six o'clock, I can't fall back to sleep. I can't fall back to sleep. I mean, it's a nightmare. And, but I mean, I'm so excited about it. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, I go to bed, you know, it's just, I'm constantly, I'm obsessed with it. Not just the program, but now the software platform, you know, it's just, but it's, it's also uh, the potential you, you like the underlying potential, this idea of churning out 50 Elon Musks a year yeah, is this yeah. this thing that's just like well there's so many facets this vision to it. yeah right there's so many facets <laughs> to it that excite me it's like you know I don't even like look the the idea well you because you're talking about the program the, the the you know kids graduating high school with you know an undergraduate math degree or or, or something approximating it um, like that is super cool right and um, but the, the software and the distributed practice stuff building in this huge 
content tree prerequisite thing that allows us to do all this really fine-grained adaptive algorithms and predictive assessments and all this stuff and it's 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 so cool and then when i see like i walk in there and i see ask the kids like so you guys confused about anything like oh no it's good tutorials worked i'm like (laughs) damn it worked and occasionally kid will come over and say okay well I'm a little confused about this one thing. And then I go, oh, yeah, because the tutorial was unfinished. I just signed it anyway because we needed it, you know. And, but it like the shit works. And it's just like it's even at a small scale, even if it's like it never it, it, I don't, it doesn't have to become the next stripe or something like it does not have to become, you know, even anything approximating a big successful company that way, even if it's just a small company i mean i would be i would be disappointed if i couldn't break even i couldn't build something out of it that would be obviously disappointing to me but um even if it was a, it was a functioning small business it still was very exciting because just the fact that i'm like okay this must exist it does not exist it's stupid that there's anything like this does not exist i want to do it the right way and then and, and there's the process of doing that is just so like you know uh, and it's just it's the, it's, it's a, what makes life uh, exciting is that when you're just you you know, you're just sort of got you're on a vision quest. Yeah. You know. Well, let's um let's cut it here. I think we've kind of we've done it. We've done a lot. We've done good time. Yeah. We did this good. I think we've covered our bases. This has been a <laughs> complete statement <laughs> of our positions. <laughs> no, this is this is good. All right, that's a wrap. We're out. <laughs>